Hey everyone, today is Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2017. This is The Gap, episode 401. I'm Luke Laurie, and Job Gore is here today. How are you going, Job? I'm awesome. Yeah, oh. last show of the year. I'm just going to turn myself down. I can hear myself through your thing. Right. I assume you can hear me through yours or whatever the fuck. No, um, I've been fine. Perfect. At least I fucked up your intro. Yeah. So we got that. Um, what were you saying? So uh, was- it's last show of the year. It is. It is. Last show of the year. We're about to wrap up. We're doing Game of the Year stuff today, yeah. uh, which is pretty exciting. I'm actually really close to being finished for the year. Uh, and I'm going to go drive up to fucking Brisbane, see my family. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm. Can't wait to drive fucking 12 hours. That sounds fun. Uh, Why not just yeah. fly? We were going to, but uh, like flights around this time of year are fucking ridiculous. And... I don't know, man. We're like, okay, so we we drive up. The the other problem is my little sister, which is where everything's happening this year. She moved out to like fucking past Beanley, which anyone who knows where like how Queensland works, that's ridiculous. Nobody should live out there. Like it is basically the fucking desert. It's where the desert meets like the the shittier parts of farmland. Okay. Right. Um. She lived. She's she lives in this place. Honest to God, it was a artillery testing area that they've redeveloped into, <laughs> into a place for people to live. And apparently the entire area took fucking way longer than it should have to actually develop because every, like, fucking four weeks or so, they dig up a new fucking, like, someone, like, an excavator would fucking clank into a fucking old disused arty shell or some shit and they'd have to like get everyone the fuck out in case it was like some giant live bomb or something anyway so top notch she lives in a place that they deem previously only suitable for destroying Hmm. uh and yeah it's so far away from anything that like i think it's like 90 minutes from the airport so we need to hire a car anyway to get there yeah. Uh, from the airport or have someone drive us to and from every time and that's a massive pain in the dick and like we would be we would be literally just stuck like staying there if like and we'd be bound to whatever the fuck they wanted to do if we didn't get a car so yeah well like, if we're in a car anyway for the five days we might as well tack on two extra days of car hire drive up ourselves save four hundred dollars in flights and that's about it. The okay. downside, of course, is that I have to drive fucking 12 hours each way. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's my big plan. Um, that's how I'm going to spend the... Actually, it's not how I spend it, because we, we drive back before New Year's. Yes. So we're going to get drunk on New Year's, aren't we? At your place, I think. Yeah, my house, apparently. <laughs> this year. <laughs> We're going to drink Taiwanese whiskey. I still haven't opened it. <laughs> yeah. we. Um, I feel like that's going to be a really messy night. I think it will like, be. We yes. haven't had a messy New Year's in a while. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, think feel, gonna- I feel like that could be one of them where it's like, I'm, I'm going to get started early. So. <laughs> yep. So am I. I'm just going to come around early. Yeah. You should just come around <laughs> at th- three o'clock. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and we'll be fucking, we won't even make it till midnight. Why don't you come close? No. Excellent. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you wrapped up for the year after this? Are you just oh, yeah, hanging I'm, out waiting I'm, for fucking PUBG 1.0? I'm so busy. Uh, like this year. Oof. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you're done with work, so... <laughs> yeah. um, no, I don't know, man. I, like, I've sort of just been the last couple of weeks catching up on stuff that I didn't really play. <laughs> and by that, I just mean playing Zelda. Um, that's a yeah. really big game. Um, it is. I, I finished my second dungeon last night. Yep. <clears throat> I'm having a lot more fun with it now that I've um, kind of figured out where I should be going. <laughs> um, oh, we're right. Yeah. By yeah, using yeah. this travel last week, stuff. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like getting, I wasn't in the end area, like where I'm, where I'm not supposed to be. Um, yep. I've sort of figured out, all right, I'm going to go here and just work my way left. Have you fought a Lionel yet? What does it look like? Horse dude. With a, um, he shoots lightning bolts or something? Yep. Yeah, I ran into him at one stage, um, and I just went around him because he was a giant asshole. Yep. That's yeah. the best plan. Yeah. I finished the game, killed the last boss, and I still didn't fight any Lionels that I came across. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not about it. Fuck it. I'll, I don't really want to do that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... I one-shot the last boss, one-shot the post-last boss, uh, but I, I have so much trouble trying to beat a fucking Lionel. Whatever. Mm. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, like, just trying to get through some of that to sort of figure out where it's or if it's going to appear on my list um, mm-hmm. of end-of-year stuff and uh, sure. having fun with that. But um, we have, I, I've got a sleeper Game of the Year title that, that is going to probably take the crown. Um, oh, yeah? Which is a late release. It's, it's a little game called Ghost Recon Wildlands. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. <laughs> I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really liked Ghost Recon Wild, which is something I just realized was not on our list. We've just updated. We've something. literally just created the list, yeah. went through and, and put our list out. And we're like, yep, this, 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 this. We've got everything. Don't worry. We've got this list shit done. Yeah. So uh, what, what I normally do every year is I do like a game of the year show. I yep. get all these lists together. I, I figure out like sort of some key news items. Um, I get like a list of all the games that came out. Then we split them up into categories. And then we've got the like- Game a- of the Year podcast is easily too much effort. <laughs> the most effort we put in every single year. And yeah. by we, I mean you. Because yeah. I continue to put in literally no effort. And anyway, so this morning, Job's like, oh, what time do you want to start? And yeah. he's like, one thirty. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then you're like, what about 12.30? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm working on this like show for about an hour. And yep. it gets to like 12.30. I'm like, I'm not fucking even close to done. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. So I, I rein him in for some help. Um, anyway, an hour later, we're, we're still we're still going. Yeah. It's not even finished. So I think I forget every year how long it actually does take to put this fucking thing together. But I think it's probably longer than the actual show itself. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. There are podcasts that put this much effort in literally every week. Yeah. Uh, I think on the flip side, they don't actually come out every week. Okay. Maybe. Every month? Yeah, maybe every... Like, they do, yeah. Meanwhile, we're putting out hours of above average, <laughs> average quality <laughs> podcasting every week. So, Yeah. Mm. I, w- I was thinking, what if we were, like, next year, what if, like, for episodes 400 to 500, what if we just replaced us with three hours of white noise? I wonder if there'd be any difference in the in the overall quality of the podcast. Or our numbers. Like just, <laughs> yeah, like, just... Whoosh, 
and sometimes like we could do different episodes. We do brown noise or pink noise. We got it all. I don't. I'm not actually doing it with my mouth the whole time because that would defeat the purpose. I feel like um, instead it's just a machine that generates it. Hmm. That was like just then I was making the noise with my mouth. Just to clarify, that was I, not a machine. Okay, right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, generally, it would be done with a machine. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just throwing that one out there. Um, anyway, uh, the, and then we just come in at the end of the year with the Game of the Year podcast, and we just be like, fucking, it's PUBG again, lol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was, like, but, but Wildlands, like, completely threw that into a spin. Yeah, absolutely. Well... Like, because of a single downloadable mission, right? Yeah. Because of the one I told you about last week, right? Mm. That we abruptly quit the podcast to go play, right? Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, it's the Predator mission pack. And it is exactly as good as I said it was, isn't it? It's pretty great. <laughs> like, the entire thing is just nostalgia. Yeah. That, that's pretty much all it is. Because yep. um, the actual gameplay part's not amazing, but, no. <laughs> but it's the rest of the shit that's around it, like all the music and yeah. like the lines of dialogue and the sound effects, all that sort of stuff. And you're in this jungle setting, yep. um, and like it sets it up where you're trying to you find all these clues, all this crazy shits going on, and then you get to the mission, <clears throat> um, and it's all right, it, like it's okay that AI is a bit janky. Um, it's it cheats a, bit, a little. It's a bit gamey in terms of like, yeah. You can see his like his cloaked outline. You'll shoot him a couple of times, and then he sort of goes completely invisible and appears directly behind you somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, or he, the other one is like he becomes invincible after a couple of shots. Yeah. Because I think there's the like they're trying to like pace it out so that like you. Like, because he's got these stages that he goes through where, like, at first he just sort of, like, appears around you doing literally nothing. Uh, and then he amps it up with his shoulder cannon. And then he, he starts, like, the first phase of the shoulder cannon, he, like, shoots super slow. It takes ages for him to line you up and then bang. But the second phase is faster. And the third phase is almost instantaneous. So the moment you see the laser on you, there's fucking, there's a shoulder cannon blast coming at you mm-hmm. and then he amps it up again by chucking his fucking discs out and shit gets super fucking hairy and i think they wanted to pace it a little bit and if all four of you were able to shoot like him straight from the gecko he would go from never like doing nothing leaping around doing nothing to suddenly like just fucking penising you with his fucking shoulder cannon or with the discs like because you'd put there were definitely moments where we were all lasered in we were all locked on him and fucking pouring fire into him and if like he'd been taking all of that as opposed to becoming invincible after a short short amount of time i think yeah he would have skipped well ahead in his uh in his phases and and there's there's also the idea of that like i think i said it last week that that fucking sensation of you and some mates literally just firing into the jungle. Yeah. And I think it wants to, like, create that in the first couple of times. It Like, you absolutely are just fucking firing wildly into the jungle, which is fucking epic. Mm-hmm. It feels like you are 
in Predator. Fuck, I love Predator. Oh yeah. my god. It took us about the weekend. an hour to finish, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Close because yeah. we kept dying. <laughs> so we'd come really close and we died. We were playing with Drew and Nate and uh, we finished it, uh, like succeeded in killing him. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert, but he uh, beep, 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 laughs and uh, explodes himself. And uh, Drew failed to run. Drew decided to turn around and watch the explosion, <laughs> which was a exceedingly dumb idea. And he got he's, exploded. He's too close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had to start again. We had to do it all over again, which was, uh, that was, that was a rough one. Um, but yeah. The, the AI good. also cheats by like, um, tracking you through objects as well, like through trees and. Yep. Cause he does, he has his like shoulder cannon and the red dot sort of appears on the player and you kind yep. of, you can see where he's aiming, but if you're behind a tree and he's also behind a tree, but he's still got his targeting on you, you can't really tell. Yeah. So you're like, you'll peek out from behind a tree and he's like already shot, but it's still tracking you. Yep. It's a bit like, it's not perfect, but at the same time, it's a bit of like, it's free. It's a free mission. <laughs> yeah. But I also do not understand the marketing behind at all. Like in the press release, it does not explain why this is out. And I don't know why it is out. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. It just like, they're just like, Fuck it. Here's a yeah. Predator thing. We bought a license to use yeah. the Predator. It's cheap, so we put it in but there. I know there's a Predator movie coming out next year. Hmm. Right? Uh, written by Shane Black. Ticking all the right boxes, yeah. But, um, th- like, so wouldn't it make more sense to release this closer to it? Yeah. Except for if this was literally a cheeky play for game of the year in which case kudos because yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking it's a good move <laughs> it's a notch move yeah. <laughs> um i like i can't get over how well it does the nostalgic parts right everything around the actual gameplay itself uh is so fucking perfect you feel so much like you're part of that, like that movie or the movie experience, at least the mm. the concepts of like the idea of the movie experience. Yeah, I think that's but, because of the the game it's built around as well. Yeah, the engine, the combat mechanics, that sort of stuff, the yep. setting. Yeah, it fits really well into that, um, which is like something I brought up when it first came out. Like, I want to see other people do things with this engine yeah uh, i wish that there was a, a mod making tool or something like that because yeah it's just, i think it's a slick engine and there's some really cool ideas that could come out of it um yeah like there's a lot of fun we, we were we'll talk, we'll talk about it later in the game of the year stuff but yeah. uh like i totally agree uh like yeah what could have been done with it i think pr- this predator mission in particular like sort of exemplifies the, the idea that playing around in the world is is better yeah. than the the core of the game that they made. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Like it's not fantastic. It's it's a bit janky, yep. but it's a super basic concept that does really interesting, neat stuff. Yeah. Uh, um. Cool. Uh, you've written Sea of Thieves here. We can't talk about Sea of Thieves. That's still under. Yes, we can. Yeah. We can talk about it. We can't. 
show video or take screenshots of it. Really? Yes, I've con- confirmed this. With who? <laughs> uh, the fucking last time I talked about Sea of Thieves. I talked to Microsoft about it. It's okay. Right. You're allowed to talk about it on forums, in podcasts, all that kind of shit. You cannot show video. Uh, but yes, we played Sea of Thieves. Okay. Only because uh, I was reading the Twitter and the Twitter said you can't talk about it. Show me this Twitter. Uh, I get a fire I'll, I'll talk about PUBG while, while you find the Twitter. Okay. Right. Uh, we're playing PUBG. Uh, we do that thing. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before where we jump in the Discord. We get more than four of us. So we create multiple groups to go into the same game together uh, with the explicit rule of absolutely no teaming at all uh, because we've got no fucking time for it and it's utterly cheating. Uh, but we go in into the same uh, thing and then we like cackle like idiots anytime you see the kill feed and you see fucking Grey Squirrel got headshot or like Drew Money, uh, Dre 3 Money, Dr. E 3 Money um, was killed by vehicle explosion or something like that and you're like, ah! No, oh, the motherfuckers are dead. We win, and it's it's a race to see who can last the longest uh, between the multiple groups that are in there. Uh, we were doing it last night, literally last night. Uh, we had three on our, in our squad, and we had uh, three in the uh, in the other crew. And uh, hang on, I'm getting getting the Twitter now. The proof. Uh, of that there. Anyway, we were playing, and uh, yeah, we had three, three in our group. You, you, Luke, me, and Michael. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Michael, wasn't? Michael came in late. Oh, he okay. was our fourth. Um, Heath. Heath. Yes, goofball. Uh, yeah, we had us three. Uh, we literally just won around, uh, and Clebo made Doctor E three money, and uh, Grace Girl jumped in, and. Uh, they were waiting to, to play. So Squirrel pitched doing threes, two groups of three in the same same squad game. We were all about it. Uh, we jumped in and, yeah, we decided to see how, how it went. Uh, we landed, landed, like, from the fucking get-go. We landed at the same fucking city. Uh, the plane was going almost over Georgia Pole. Like, direct uh, line down the middle of the islands. But, like, off to the west a little so it was a it was a full two, two and a bit squares. Yeah, yeah uh, right. to float to fucking Yasnail Poliana, and so we're like, we'll go here because there's no way they go here, and uh, they went there. They went yeah. there as well, motherfuckers. Um, so yeah, we like we, it popped off from the fucking get go. Um, we were fucking we were on the knife's edge because we were pretty certain we could see it was three people hmm. uh, floating in, so we're pretty certain it was them anyway. Uh, so we one of them wanna... disappeared and went and got a car, which is a complete squirrel thing to do. It's a, a, a squirrel trait through and through. Um, but yeah, we um, yeah we just wanted to like so we we didn't want to get killed by them. We absolutely wanted to kill them. I managed to get pretty lucky really early on. So I had a fucking M4 and ump, level two gear, all the, all the shit. So I just sort of posted up and sat in watch and waited uh, to see if they actually tried to push. Uh, east into our area of the ma- uh, of Yasna Poliana, but they didn't, which is good for them. And uh, there was a car down our end, so we decided to fucking bail out. They took some fucking pitiful, pitiful 
shots at us as we left as now Pollyanna. I think one of them actually hit the car and the rest like sort of pinged around us. Hmm. Um, we we like we even bailed out to try and fucking cop them on the on the flip side because they were they had to run up out hill, of the yeah. uh, and we're like fucking time for a taste bitch but uh unfortunately there were tree too many trees in the way to actually make that a viable game plan um so yeah we just bailed out uh and <laughs> we we were we were hiding out pretty pretty well to be honest uh we played the hiding game quite well went to the house there's a house uh, north of um, Roshock that I really like. It's a little cluster of three houses. One's, one's one of those garages with a balcony. It's got roof access. There's a red house, um, a two-story red house. And there's a white house, if you can imagine on the map of PUBG, if you're a giant nerd who knows it like I do. <laughs> that cluster of houses, um, we, we were hit, hiding there. We fully expected people to roll in. They didn't. Nobody came there, and then the fucking circle wound up ending over the shooting range, which is just to our north, which is actually pretty convenient. Uh, we decided to drive on down to there was a fucking bunker, yeah, down the bottom, and uh, there's a bunker like just sort of northwest of the shooting range, and we went and hid in there, uh, and for like three circles. <laughs> <laughs> And we hid in there until it became apparent that the fucking circle was going to close over the entrance to the bunker, basically. Uh, we didn't have to move at all. We could hear all kinds of gunfire. It, we waited out 21 people hiding in that. Like, it was went from 30 uh, alive to 9 alive. And we worked out, and we could tell that there were people on top of the bunker. Uh, like 100% on top of the bunker. They were shooting people, watching the kill feed, and then uh, right near the ends, uh, suddenly this gunfight breaks out between the dudes on top of our bunker and some other winguses running in from the school, uh, the shooting range proper. And uh, so we're like, fuck it. Luke's like, yeah, fucking run up. Let's go. We'll we'll get them while they're in the gunfight. And uh, yeah, so... Luke pops out, goes straight towards the gunfire. Me and Heath pop out and go, like, loop around the back. But before, like, we... I'd only just passed our poorly parked fucking car (laughs) before Luke had killed Klebo and fucking the last guy on the other team, and we'd won. (laughs) I had zero kills. Heath had zero kills. And Luke got two kills. And it was those two kills right at the end. (laughs) Yeah. And we fucking we won. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> the kills that mattered. Because I think what happened was there was yeah seven, nine people left, something like that. Se- seven to nine people must have been about nine, nine or eight. Um, and I was just like, nah, let's just stay in the bunker and we'll just we'll just heal ourselves in the final circle. Because what will happen is the people above us either have to come down and shoot us or you have to out-heal each other by just popping meds and and uh, outlasting the blue damage. But as soon as I saw that two f- from the other guys went down, like, it was like Drew and Skrull on the kill feed, like, had been knocked out and, like, one other dude from the other team, I was like, fuck, let's just go. Because <laughs> all we needed to do was kill two people and one of them was going to be them, so <laughs> it would have been entertaining. Um paid off in the end it was amazing 
Uh, we had another game uh, along the same vein hmm. in the round after um, that they died very like the other crew died very quickly. We wrote in uh, another guy, Michael, yeah, uh, and we made it to seventh place uh because right near the end we had to fucking we had to we were like on the edge of the blue zone we basically had to jump in this car and ping it into the into the white zone um so yeah we <laughs> while we were driving up there uh Linksy, who is the um number one ranked player in australia uh cut us down he he, he messaged me on um on steam afterwards yeah. well, i messaged him to tell him that he was a fuckhead and then he messaged back uh to tell me that literally if i had gone uh another like five meters in the car that we were pretty much safe because there was no players in those houses and that's where they were running to hmm. and so we would have had the advantage of the houses now i i told him i was trying to like squeeze through a gap yeah, you hit um, a wall. <laughs> and I hit a wall and uh he watched he, he was saying he watched back on the uh on the on his replay on his like shadow capture and there was a power box. Yeah, yeah, that, yep. that, that the car hit that was disguised by a bush. <laughs> and that's that's what got us. Uh so that that was a bummer. <laughs> that was a bummer. Uh and then the game after um Three of us died almost instantly. I, I died, Heat died, and uh, Michael died immediately. Uh, and you lived. Uh, you killed three people there. You flipped a fucking car. I, ki- out. I killed three people with 10 health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With like a bee's dick of health. And none of them uh, hit me. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then. Um, yeah, you flipped a car while driving away from fucking Severny and you got out while the car was flipping and the car <laughs> landed on top of you and then you killed two dudes. You killed, you knocked down one dude and you grenaded the other one and that that was that was utterly spectacular. I, I've never been more depressed <laughs> that we don't have the replay feature in my life because I want to watch that one again from every fucking angle. I want to watch that from their angle where they see you fucking careen over a fucking hill and flip three times, hop out while firing and then ping a fucking grenade into them because yeah, utterly spectacular. And then, um, yeah. And then you fucking landed, uh, on the, on the nose of your Yaz. I don't know. You parked it like fucking vertical. Um, (laughs) And, yeah. and we're hiding in Georgia Pole and, oh, sadly, of all the people, uh, Dre, Dr. E3 Money managed to get a headshot on you. Yeah. Worst part uh, about that is I was pinging them so hard, like three mm-hmm. dudes, and I, I was pretty sure it was them because we, we could see shots yep. in that direction and the we kill feed coming up. Feet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty sure it was them too. I was. I did we work out if it was them? Yeah, it was them. Whoever um, went, whoever walked up. Some at one point, one of them went out onto the roof of a half barn. That was Drew. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. 
he were like he worked out for him, but holy shit, he should have been dead. He should have died, and he deserved to die. That action alone meant he deserved to die. That was so crazy, uh, and like the amount of time it took him to get back inside. <laughs> I can only imagine he must have shit his pants and thrown his mouse. Which, <laughs> to be fair, I understand on a like ba- on, a, on a deep level because I've definitely apart from I didn't shit my pants, but I've definitely um. Yeah, throwing my mouse when I'm freaked out. I, I figure he must have done that. Yeah, and I feel like everybody that I hit was one bullet away from dying. Oh, easy. Easy. So crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, that was an interesting game as well. I, I think I did the mistake of one of the other guys came into our chat and I told him where we were and I didn't realize I was still alive. Yep. So, that was, yeah, not good. Not Yeah, not ideal. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, crazy game. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, good stuff. So, yeah, that was PUBG. Obviously, we played more than that. But, uh, yeah, we'll move on, shall we? Uh, it turns out that, yes, I'm not allowed to talk about fucking Sea of Thieves. <laughs> We've definitely talked about it on the podcast before. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, look, Microsoft said it was all right. Yep. And that totally. was a, a sure. preview, anyway. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. Um, a preview. Um, anyway, so we do. What are we going to do? Do the game did you want, stuff? Did you want to do the emails and stuff that we missed or do we do that yep, later? We did yeah. miss an email, but do you want to do questions first or do we want to do... Yeah, let's do everything. Let's do questions, emails, all of it. Because we've still got questions coming in, so maybe we wait it out. All right. We'll, we'll do the news then, we'll right? We'll do the news. Yep. Yep. I didn't even look to see if there was any news this week. Ah, oh, who cares? No. Um, so what we'll do is like a, a yearly wrap up of some of the key items that sort of happened, and we'll just go from there and, and yep. discuss them a little bit. Um, not as depth as the last couple of years, obviously, because we put this put this together last minute, but whatever. Um, January N- Nintendo reveals a Switch release date and pricing. I read this and I was like, oh shit, that came out this year. Completely forgot that the Switch was um, a twenty seventeen console. I think yeah. they've they've done a decent job this year um in terms of like releasing a new console having some good games out yeah um actual games that have come out as opposed to you know an xbox one x that's really got not much for exclusive content true um and some some good games on there i think zelda's really good uh mario i haven't played enough of but it's got some interesting ideas i don't think it's as good as what some people are saying it is um, you know, it's got like Mario Kart 8, uh, Splatoon's on there, um, Mario and Rabbids, some pretty decent, you know, if, if you got a console, a Switch for, for Christmas, I'd probably be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, it still does some weird stuff. Like, on the whole, like the console will still, anytime it, I switch channels and it's plugged in, I have to leave it, the, the, the dock unplugged. Hmm from my HDMI because it just assumes control of my television. And I don't know how, I still don't know how to turn that off. I feel like that is definitely a problem with the fucking, uh, with the switch itself and not with my TV. Yeah. Cause like nothing else does it. In fact, like the reverse happens with the Xbox one X. When I turn on the television and switch to the Xbox one X channel, mm-hmm. that turns on the Xbox one X, which I, that's fucking cool. Like, it's off, and I switch to the channel. It's like, oh, you want to play? Fucking boom. Like, that's that's rad. That is yeah. really cool. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like it is a setting in the system options or that's something they put in there. I did thought I read that at one stage. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'll have a look. Yeah. I'll have a look. Well, I've been impressed with the, because I've been using it a lot, the sort of switching it on, the game pretty much being ready straight away. True. Yep. <clears throat> um, which is something the Xbox does as well. I haven't, I thought the PlayStation was capable of doing that, but it doesn't seem to do that at all. Uh, maybe it happens on the Pro, but on the standard one, I wake it up and it, I've got to load the game up again and, you know. Um, life's tough. Yeah, life's hard. <clears throat> As opposed to just firing up a console and, hey, it's ready within like three seconds, which is something I think is really cool with the Switch and um, Xbox. But, yeah. Uh, and the battery life with the controllers, like, I've not charged it yet the controller which is weird because one of them is still like 75 or well, both of them still like 75 percent charged um so they last quite a while those controllers which is cool anyway mm. i think it's i think it's a good piece of hardware um, yeah it's good it's yeah, got uh, some good games that's pretty much all that matters really and it mostly works <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, this year, we saw the Australian Association of National Advertisers in Australia announce some new guidelines for influencers, um, which kicked off early March. Uh, I guess this was important because uh, we were coming across this kind of line of people that were getting paid, like sponsored content, which wasn't being disclosed as sponsored content and, and being passed off as opinion. Um, and this is something that is kind of trying to make those lines a bit more clearer. Uh, and I think is something that is very important. Um, when you're like looking at Instagram or, or Twitch or YouTube, that sort of thing, and trying to get an idea of like which which of these people that you follow and that you respect their opinions have yeah. actually been paid to tell you these things as opposed to that's their actual true feelings about it. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good move, and I have seen like a lot of people that are in that area been using that sort of stuff. But it's also it's also a weird spot for people that don't understand that these guidelines are there and they need to use them. Um, some of the smaller, um, like or up and coming people. So it's this it's a weird area at the moment still that needs to be, uh, I guess, addressed a little bit more. But it's a really good starting point, I, I feel like, um, to sort of keep people informed and updated as to what is an opinion and what is actual paid sponsored content. It's good. Yeah, um, no, it, it is. It's a good, it's a good move. Um, it's, it's obviously a necessity. Uh, yeah, it's surprising because I guess we don't see a lot of it in Australia. I think that was the biggest thing about this is that generally you see this stuff being like, uh, you know, uh, managed by the, the American FCC, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't really see it, you know, any implications over in Australia. But now it's a big enough business that they've had to, yeah, do some stuff, which is good. Yep. Um, also, Zenimax was awarded $500 million in a case against Oculus. This is more in relation to, I guess, the, um, uh, like the, what was, was John Carmack sort of taking, yep. you know, his leave and going to a different company, starting it up and that sort of thing. Zenimax didn't really get awarded money for for stolen ideas, which is what they were kind of going for. This is more about uh, breaching contracts and NDAs, um, that sort of stuff. So they didn't get anything for, 
lines of code or nothing like that, which I, I think they're still trying to dispute that part of it. Um, but they at least got something. And I, I don't think we've heard the end of this part yet. There's probably a little bit more still to go, but um, it wasn't as much as... It was like a couple billion dollars they were going for, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was fucking huge. They were basically trying to wipe... Like, just make fucking Oculus a thing of the past or some shit. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it didn't really work out that well for them, I guess. Still a lot of money. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not like they got away with some shit, but, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it could have been a lot worse for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, this next story sort of ties into the one we just talked about. Uh, YouTuber pleads guilty to online betting offenses. It was something we saw, uh, a little bit this year, which was YouTubers or, or inf- like, uh, content creators having a, like a separate business, which was tied to sort of their, you know, that was sort of promoting it on their YouTube account, but not really disclosing that they were behind it and being like these guys winning things on this online be- betting site, but really they were just in the background making this stuff happen. Like they were winning not because of chance they were winning because they changed the odds. Um, yeah. And this kind of was a big story that came out and uh, a bunch of guys got in a lot of trouble for this, but I guess that sort of ties back into the first story we talked about with the, you know, disclosing your your ties and what's sort of paid content and what you're sort of working with as well. Um, but this sort of shit was, was horrible. <laughs> this was more insidious, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like far more insidious than, you know, not disclosing that you're like being paid to talk about whatever the fuck because in a lot of cases i think that's that's that was one of the things right like in a lot of cases uh the the disclosure for influencers is more about the concept that you know ultimately you're being like you're only talking about let's say battlefront because ea gave you a bunch of money to talk about battlefront Mm -hmm. And that, and they like they have guidelines about like you can't fucking shit on the game or whatever. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you need to be like fucking overwhelmingly glowing or whatever. You just need to like you can just find other things to talk about, right? Like this is I don't know. Like you don't have to fucking chill out for Battlefront. You can just be all like these are the fucking these are the Star Wars things and these are some of the Star Wars people I'd love to see. And, like, I, I know a lot of fucking influencers manage to find clever ways to get around the problem of not liking, uh, like, Star Wars Battlefront and uh, still getting their money for talking about Star Wars Battlefront is what I'm saying. Yeah. This, this on the other hand, is is different because it's, it's more like they are deliberately... Um, manipulating a system to lie and like trick people into like uh, using this their gambling system and like that's there's so many layers to how fucking bad this is because they were deliberately like targeting children um, they were deliberately flouting a bunch of uh, regulatory rules and obviously they were like lying hard out about the chances of actually winning and shit hmm. um yeah i don't know <clears throat> yeah it's uh extremely dodgy hopefully that sort of stuff is stopped <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's hard, hard to know um 
All right, moving on to March. Uh, Tatum Mines, the Oceana drama, which is a story that kind of unfolded over the course of six weeks, I guess. Um, this was about uh, like the treatment of uh, players and managers from an organization and, and, and them trying to get out of contracts and not being able to and backwards and forwards with, with Riot Games. Um, it's something we talked about quite a lot at the start of the year, um, which was an interesting, like, kind of look into where we're at with esports at the moment and how contracts are done up and, you know, the people that are getting signed to some of these contracts are extremely young and, and don't have experience or they're not having lawyers look at this stuff and then getting caught up in things they probably don't want to be tied to. Um, yeah. You know, players wanting to get out of contracts and not and, and stuff in their contracts saying, well, you can't leave, you have to play for us, or you, that sort of thing. And just a super messy situation that that this sort of stuff can sort of be avoided if there was some sort of players' union. But because there isn't at the moment, um, it's kind of just like this wild west of <laughs> of teams exploiting some people. Not Not everybody's doing it, but... Uh, it can can come down that to that way, and and people like actual players not reading their contracts properly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's this it's this thing that does need to be looked at at some stage, and I know that there are plans, or there are teams overseas that are trying to set up some sort of uh, that are trying to set up unions. But it's a it's an interesting insight into sort of where esports is at the moment, um, and how young people can kind of be taken advantage of in some situations. Um, yeah. how messy these things can get. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty interesting um, situation as, as someone who was getting more and more and more involved with uh, the scene. Um, it was it was a difficult one to sort of track properly because uh, like a lot like everyone had their own version of what was going on and yeah, you, you didn't want to like, you never want to jump into something without getting all the details, and it felt really difficult to get all of the details out of anyone because yeah. no, like everyone, like it seemed more reactionary. Everyone was reacting to something that had been said as opposed to laying it all out. And every time someone would lay it out, it was always like riddled with, oh, and in response to this, in response to that, and yeah, it was always like some sort of. It, yeah, re- return fire as opposed to just, uh, I don't know, a, a flat-out uh, rundown. I like I tried really hard to commission some writers to write about the situation and, like, people who had the League of Legends connections, re- like, required to, to get to the bottom of it, but it just... It, like, it was too hard for them to actually put something together that seemed authoritative. And at the end of the day, it just, yeah, I don't know, it just seemed like, yeah, drama. Lots of drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a messy situation. And, um, yeah, it was not, not good for the scene, at least. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's go to April, which was uh, P- Project Scorpio details revealed. This is the um, Eurogamer did an article or a, like a tech specs reveal of the um, like the unit that they were given. Really interesting way of sort of revealing a console, giving it to a third party 
um, media outlet and having them dissect it and run their own tests behind it. And I, I thought it was, um, yeah, like as opposed to like all the details coming out of the horse's mouth, it was someone else that was sort of spouting yeah. all the details. Um, I, I actually liked it happening. That I way. thought it was good. I thought it was a really good way to, to put it together. Um, I was, I very distinctly recall being super skeptical at first. Um, but like the more you you dug into it, the more it seems like like proper, legitimate, and a proper and as someone who uh, I distinctly remember like just railing into <laughs> saying that this was not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm glad I was wrong because I think I think they it worked out really well. Like it was super informative and super transparent, uh, which is always a really good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, Twitch launches an affiliate program and they made changes to subscriptions. Um, so this was a, uh, thing that's been going on for a while now. Whereas if you want to earn money through Twitch, you've got to be, um, uh, what do they call it? Subscribe, not subscribe. Uh, no, a partner. partner. Yeah. You gotta be a partner. So a certain amount of, um, concurrent views on your stream certain amount of followers that sort of thing to to be able to make money um and what people were sort of doing was starting their own side thing d- deposits and uh, yeah not deposits uh donations donations yeah that sort of stuff this kind of opened that up to everybody now um and it allowed everything to be on directly through twitch yeah. uh, which is you know i think it's a good way of 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 progressing with it um they also allowed different tiers of subscriptions as well, as opposed to just a $5 flat fee um, every month. You could sort of do different tiers, you know, 25 bucks a month if you wanted. Um, and it allowed content creators to sort of do more with it, which is really cool. Um, and it's a really good way to evolve that platform and, and allow the creators to do more with it, or even people that watch it, allow them to, um, you know, uh, support the content creators a bit more yeah. uh yeah I, I don't know man twitch is i i watch a lot of twitch usually when i'm on a lunch break or i don't have much to do or i'm watching a tournament like just before this podcast while um while i was having some lunch i was watching some injustice to um an injustice to tournament yeah just stuff like that or i'll watch some PUBG that's on or over the weekend i watch some dota matches like I still really dig Twitch. I, I really enjoy what what's on there. I've started following some different some different people on there this year. Um, I think it's a really good platform. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I watched a bunch of Bajo stream the other night. I played some games in his custom <laughs> matches. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he is ridiculous on that thing. Yeah, it is on a different level. I've not seen anything like that on Twitch before. Um. He's crazy. He's a crazy dude, but super entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, in May, Intel Extreme Masters in Sydney's Counter Strike Go. We went to this. It was good. It, it was it a was good. big esports event in Australia. Two hundred won an award. A uh, like a like an award yeah. for a, like an events award, like an Australian events sort of award. 
I'm just going to keep saying award until Did I they win an award? what the fuck I'm talking about. They won an award. Uh, like a events organization yeah. gave, well, gave them an award for best best Australian event of 2017. Right. Um, like, And that's out of like fucking everything, like the Ecker and shit. So that's pretty huge. Um, that's pretty good. Good on them. They fucking nailed it. That's... That was uh, ESL Australia, obviously. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was a fucking... It was such a cool event. Um, really c- cool seeing people getting passionate about... Uh, it's, it's just always fun to see people who are passionate about anything, I think. Yeah. Well, anything that isn't white nationalism. And it helped introduce the uh, shoey to the rest of the world. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, now Australians have an identity yeah. that revolves around alcoholism, which <laughs> is actually already our identity. So that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah that's good. What's next? It's good. Um, Square Enix and IO Interactive started looking for new investors. Uh, reports going around. Well, not reports. They actually flat out said they were looking to sell it. Um, and then later on, IO decided to buy themselves out in June and yeah. retain the Hitman license as well, which is which is good. Yep. Um, I guess that's the main thing people were kind of worried about. I guess it's awesome that Square Enix and I were able to um, uh, sort that little dilemma out as well. It's it's really cool that like ultimately, uh, like what Square Enix said was. Um, there is no Hitman without IO. That's why they they weren't going to sell them as separate things. You know, they weren't going to get rid of IO and then sell and keep Hitman or whatever the fuck, um, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's worked out pretty good. I hope IO can continue to make something awesome. I was, I I didn't like the distribution model. I think I was pretty upfront about that, but uh, I thought the end result was something worth definitely worth playing. Yeah. I, I really dug what I played. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. The variety in the gameplay, the yeah. the, uh, the contracts that you could do, yep. um, that they were sort of doing every month. That was a lot of a lot of fun. Um, a lot of good gameplay in there as well. Really great game. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about some Mass Effect now. Uh, we'll sort of join a couple of months here. We got a report from Kotaku in May that said that the Mass Effect series had been put on hold. Um, then a couple months later, within about a month and a half, uh, it had been reported that um, that that studio had was now moving on to support like Jade Raymond's studio motive, and they were sort of phasing out that entire um, Bioware Montreal and, and downsizing it completely. So a lot of negative things this year with Mass Effect, and we'll talk about that a bit more later on. But it was not a good start to their to their new uh, trilogy series that they were sort of wanting to do. And it doesn't look like they will be going ahead with that decision. Yeah, uh, probably for good reason. I guess we'll talk about it a bit more later, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was also announced um, around the same time that Casey Hudson was returning back as the studio GM for Bioware after leaving Microsoft. Um, He was working on like the HoloLens uh, technology at Microsoft and I guess didn't want to do that anymore or, or like HoloLens is kind of being phased out right uh, it was it no. was going to be something used more in terms of gaming but now it seems to be more like technology overall like computer based stuff yeah, yeah. Looking at different areas to enterprise shit right like yeah. yeah using it for businesses and whatnot um, medical stuff yeah so um, back to June E three E three was June. 
this is the year they opened it up to the public. Yes. A, we didn't uh, go. We made the right decision. <laughs> we made the right decision. Um, yeah. We, I, I guess we heard a lot of people saying it was a very different year. Uh, yep. Extremely packed. They kind of didn't cater for all of the extra people that were coming in. Um, and it's one of those weird things where E3, a lot of it is behind closed doors presentations of showing off unreleased games and in states that aren't finished and polished. Um, so you can kind of understand that there's going to be some janky stuff in there, but to show that in a public capacity kind of changes that a little bit because a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, well, that's this game looks broken um, or stuff like that. And I guess the developers and publishers weren't ready for that. They weren't given enough time, so there wasn't a lot to play on the floor. There was the boots weren't equipped to deal with that many people. Yeah. Um, Maybe next year it might be a bit different. They'll, they'll probably rethink it, make it a bit more like uh, Gamescom or something like that, which would be better. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they, they need to do the Gamescom model 100% because the Gamescom model, I, I know I've said it before, is what works. You know? Like Gamescom just, model, best model? Best model. Uh, that If you're not, aware, like, not familiar with the concept, you've got an entire space for the public. Uh, and a separate space for business, and uh, it actually winds up being way better than uh, than the business stuff ever was uh, at E3. Like the business only ever was at E3, because uh, yeah, you just wind up like you walk in, like you've just got space to actually get to all the things you want to see, and you don't feel like you have to like shove through a billion people just to get to one thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Radio. Um, also in June, Ralph Colantonio, the founder, president, creative director of Prey 2, left Arcane Studios. Um, I guess we speculated about this, right? Is whether or not it was to do with the someone having to take the the, the fall on sort of Prey 2 sales, or uh, yeah, even dishonored, even dishonored to sales as like well. Both, both, yeah. yeah. Someone had someone had to cut the fall, right? Sorry, and not Prey 2, Prey. Prey, yeah. Prey and Dishonored too. Yes. Um, someone had to, like, wear that. And it's disappointing that Rafe had to, I guess. He was a cool dude. I met him earlier this year. Uh, he did a stupid gag with me where I pretended he turned into a mug uh, that <laughs> was far funnier in my mind than it was in practice. Uh yeah, he's, he just seemed like a cool dude who was super passionate about immersive sims and I worry, you know, everyone, like, Bethesda's done their big we care about single-player games, but I, I worry that not enough people do, ultimately, because if they can't get into a fucking immersive sim like Prey or Dishonored or whatever the fuck, uh, then, I you know, and these are, these are the games, these are the fucking the pinnacle of video games in my opinion these are the fucking or pinnacle of single player video games at least um yeah i worry that yeah hmm. that nothing can yeah and i kind of drew the coloration between the uh whether or not this is tied to reviews as well people being skeptical about there not being reviews available at the time of launch um yeah like can you draw that line there it's, it's I think really hard to tell. I think you can. I think you absolutely can. And it sucks that he wore the fucking 
wore it for that, like for Bethesda's mistake, because it was it was one hundred percent Bethesda's mistake. Um, and they've reneged on it and everything. They didn't want it to happen again to Wolf Two, you know. It's horseshit. Wolf Two is a bit of an exception, like that. That copies were sort of going out a couple of days early, um, but still not not two weeks, a week and a half in advanced. Yeah, wow. it's getting there. They're they're returning. I think to they're, where they're they should be figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Overwatch League was announced and not much has happened with that one other than a lot of teams being sort of founded. Um, still haven't heard anything about an Australian team. Sort of there's there's rumors that are being floating around. Um, there aren't even Australian players. I don't give a fuck about the Overwatch League. Fuck it. Yeah, it's a still unproven uh, area. All of the fucking of preseason in. games were played on fucking MLG. TV. You could not watch them on yep. Twitch. That's ridiculous. They better fucking flip back on that shit faster than they can fucking think because I'm, I'm, I will not watch a single fucking Overwatch League game on MLG TV. I don't even watch fucking Call of Duty on MLG TV and it's literally their entire platform. I was watching MLG Dallas and MLG Dallas has MLG in the fucking name. And I was watching that on Twitch. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're dreaming. Tell them they're fucking dreaming. And get some fucking Aussie players. Yeah. Me and you will play. Um, August. Crackdown 3 was delayed or has been announced as delayed. This is the, uh, I guess, the platform launch game for the Xbox One X. Yeah. yeah, not good <laughs> because like not ideal. They they didn't have anything else to show that console off other than third party content, um, and it's like, well, if I've already got one, if I've already got a, a Xbox or a PlayStation Four, do I need an Xbox One X? And I guess the answer was you don't. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think at the moment you need to spend that money unless you're getting a, a, like a you're brand new into the console market then you can possibly look at it I don't think it's worth the upgrade at the moment just to buy a new one because uh, it's there um, it's definitely the benefits the, aren't you know I would, don't I would the cost. say get an Xbox One X hmm. if you don't have an Xbox yeah exactly. 1000% but yeah I would not get an Xbox One X if you already have an Xbox One or an Xbox One S yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the situation. I like, yeah, if you're in it for fucking 4K Blu-rays, get an S um, over your Xbox One. But yeah, I don't know, man. Without without a killer app, it's it's always a tough fucking proposition. PUBG what? <laughs> no. Huh. Speaking of PUBG, Joe. Oh yeah. PUBG hit 10 million sales in August for an early access game that had only been out for no since, way since March crazy that is actually that's actually crazy that's insane that is a fucking crazy amount of sales uh and it was it was dominating the steam charts as well it was dominating the amount of time played it was fucking it's what people are playing in 2017 Hmm. it's staggering to think about how much this captured the mindset of gamers and i know why i absolutely know why but uh yeah I'm sure we've talked to death about why, but yeah. Um, yeah. Fortnite 
announced they were getting a battle royale mode. Um, Fortnite, Fortnite, like entered the playable version of early access earlier <laughs> this year as well, and it was not received terribly well, except by a bunch of Twitch streamers who were one thousand percent paid to play it a bunch. Um, and for a fact, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they really loved it, but uh, yeah, no. It was not. It was not well received. And then they did this battle royale mode. Uh, surprisingly, uh, once battle royale appeared to be the most popular thing in the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. They exhibited very clearly that they didn't understand what made f- fucking battle royale so so good, um, so satisfying to play. Uh, but thanks to uh, pretty aggressive marketing system they've managed to uh i don't know spin it around it's doing quite well yeah spin it around but it's also because it's free uh it's and and i think that's the other thing they i don't know i've i've been seeing like people have been saying there's shitloads of hackers uh which is probably the only good thing about PUBG's price point is that if you're gonna hack you're probably just gonna go hack fortnite now because yeah, why wouldn't you? I guess uh, it's probably they both they're both on the same engine, right? Uh, PUBG's got more robust anti cheat because it's had a little bit more time to to work that shit out. Um, so yeah, Fortnite just gets a bunch of cheaters, um, but it's, it, that's not to say like they're working they're working pretty hard on making shit better. Uh, the fifty versus fifty stuff looks really cool. Uh, I haven't played, I still haven't played it yet, but uh, one of our listeners, Baz, who plays PUBG with us. Uh, pretty often he's been playing it he reckons it's pretty cool he plays it on console um, that's actually probably the that's what Fortnite is Fortnite is the console battle royale yeah like if you if you want to play battle royale on console that you should play Fortnite definitely don't play PUBG oh my lord don't play PUBG on Xbox play fucking Fortnite play it on PlayStation or Xbox or whatever the fuck um, but play that and you'll get a, a reasonable facsimile of the battle royale experience, but like, it's not the real deal. Mm-hmm. This it's, it's got its advantages, right? It definitely does some things that battle royale, do, ah, that PUBG doesn't, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Build, yeah. Building isn't enough for me. Isn't enough to overcome the absolutely horrendous shooting model that is critical to Fortnite's current situation. I guess what I'm saying is fuck Fortnite. Uh, what's next? <laughs> uh, Battleborn. That's uh, uh, some news about that. No more updates. Uh, pretty much done. <laughs> For the moment. It's so much more than I ever would have expected. Yeah, they pretty much supported that for about a year um, yeah. with updates and characters and that sort of thing. Which um, is pretty surprising because it was dead on arrival. So. A, a not free to play mode. Or something like, like Randy Pitchford was being super vague about what the mode was, and like arguing people on the internet about, no, it's not free to play this mode; it's it's something else. And yeah, it was it was weird. Um, it was dead on arrival, right? It was it was being compared to Overwatch, which it, it wasn't. I mean, it, it's it's more like a first person MOBA as opposed to a hero shooter, um, hero arena shooter, that sort of stuff. And it's just like every time Gearbox tried to do something with that game, Blizzard would just do something else with Overwatch, and 
yeah, yeah. kind of got stomped. I really enjoyed Battleborn. Like, it, it had flaws, definitely. Um, there were problems during release with, with things like map balance and that sort of thing, but the idea behind it was really cool. Uh, I think they they did a pretty decent job of executing like the gameplay elements of converting a, a MOBA-style game to a, a first-person game. Um, I, I had fun with it when we were playing it, but yeah, it was sort of dead on arrival, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's rough. Like, yeah, Blizzard Blizzard did their hit job on it and it never really recovered, I guess. It's disappointing, but what are you going to do? I guess that's business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in October, EA announced they were shutting down Visceral Games and they were going to focus less on story-based linear adventures. Um, yep. This caused a bit of an upset amongst a lot of people. Uh, a lot of publishers and developers taking digs at them. Um, we saw Bethesda have a good dig during the Game Awards about look at all our single player games. Yeah, uh, how good are they? <laughs> type of stuff. Pretty um, rich. I was a big fan of the games that Visceral made, the Dead Spaces, that sort of stuff. Um, not so yeah. much the Army of Two. Was, that was something they did, right? Yes, that is. Yeah, I think I reviewed that. I think I gave it a four. Um, Gold. But yeah. I think the problem behind that was more on the EA side, wanting them to turn it into a uh, turn a horror game into an action adventure game. Yeah, it didn't quite work. Um, the idea behind the co-op was really cool and interesting, but it it came down to no longer a, a horror based yeah. um, experience. So a bit shit. And, and I guess their sales expect expects it. Like they put too much money behind this to make it a. Uh, they wanted it to sell like triple A blockbuster, ridiculous, like Call of Duty Battlefield numbers. And like yeah. that game's never gonna sell that much. No. Um I think if you look at a game like Resident Evil did an awesome job, I think, this year of they didn't throw a ton of money behind it, but it was received well. I think it sold really well. Um they had the VR experience, like they 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 uh advertised it really well as you know, it, it did a good job. But it, I don't think it's like horror games aren't dead. There, there's still some good examples of it that pop up every once in a while um, so it sucks that they've kind of killed that franchise and also killed the studio behind it yeah yeah it sucks uh, I don't want I don't want what is it story based linear adventure games though so yeah crazy <laughs> pretty crazy um, Pax Oz is in October that's Pax pretty good Oz was in October the best Pax Oz maybe we've been to maybe probably maybe yeah. Yeah, uh, might have been my highlight for the fucking year. To be honest, <laughs> uh, got to do a panel with Brendan Green, player unknown, uh, and yeah, I like got to you know I was the first ever person to have people emailing the global fucking director of programming to complain and. Yeah, all kinds of shit. Uh, did the first Shui on stage, or first Shui at any PAX ever, um, at a show that is PG-13, where I use the word motherfucker a lot. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good for me. I enjoyed it. Uh, I got really drunk every night. Every night? Every night. Uh, yeah, that's about it. You had a good time too? Yeah, it was fun. Good yeah. packs. A lot of drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was decent. Good parties. High quality. Good stuff. High quality stuff. And uh, what else could we do but wrap up the year with more EA news? EA buys Respawn for half a billion dollars. Half a billion uh, just dollars. Because they haven't, they haven't killed enough 
uh, games and developers over the years that they were just like, fuck it. It's, it's nearly time for you to go respawn. Um, like, speaking of games they threw out to die, Titanfall 2. <laughs> like, what happened to that? Yep. Yeah, that was, that that was this year. That was this year. No, that was last year. Last year, October yeah. last year, um, when they put it up against Battlefield, for some reason. Um, yeah, I mean, there's talks about respawn doing a, another one, another Titanfall game, but I, I guess the the reasoning behind the buyout was that they were going to be bought out by a different company. Um, so EA stepped in and were obligated to do that. That was the story that came out. I don't know if we spoke about that at all on the show. I don't think we did. Yeah. Um, someone else is looking to pick pick up Respawn, which is why EA jumped in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, I, you know, I don't know. I guess. Hmm. Sure. All right. And that's the wrap-up. That's some that, key stories from this year. Key stories? Uh, what about December 21? December 22. 21. Uh, Australian. Think- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds release. Yeah. yeah. It's in within the next 24 hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he tweeted a little oh, while ago. Oh, did he? It's definitely coming out tomorrow. So oh. it's definitely not today then. Why would he? But they, reset the, they reset the leaderboards today. Oh, is it Got reset? It. Yeah, it would have reset an hour and a half. Um, so I finished, uh, I finished at 200 and... Two rank two hundred and two, I think. Uh, I have no idea what I finished at. Lower than that, you were lower than that for sure. Um, all right, let's do the award, shall we? We should. Yes. It says one hundred and seventy-nine. Does that make I sense? Know, nice. It's pretty good. Yeah. Dope. I don't, know how, I don't know how up to date that is. Um, yeah, let's do some stuff. Let's do some awards. Yep. We uh, we we try to get Nate on. Nate's sick, so Nate is super sick. Job and I, this gross. year, he's super gross. Uh, yes, it is. Jung's played That's like okay. two games, so he, he doesn't play games anymore. He, he um, battle right for all of these. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's, um, let's best, do it. Best downloadable game. Best downloadable game. Should, do you want to talk through how this works or what's yeah. gone up before or anything like that? So these are ancient forms of voting where we just discuss stuff and try and come up with a winner. Yep. Um, we look at some of the games that have, I guess, been released this year. We've we've sort of talked about in what capacity they need to be released. Um, yeah. Previous years has been it needs to be full release, but we're in this spot now where games are a service and and release access games are weird. It's just a yeah concepts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, if it's available for public consumption, does does that mean it's can we consider that? So. Interesting yep. discussions about that. Um, so, we'll so go what's, through... What's run previously? So, best downloadable game. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Uh, 2016 was Dead by Daylight. 2015, yep. Ori in the Blind Forest. Nid- Nidhogg for 2014. Papers, Please was 2013. Trials Evolution, 2012. And Backbreaker Vengeance in 2011. Fuck Backbreaker Vengeance was so good. I wish they, they should make another one of those. Fuck's... Like... Yes, definitely make Skate 4, but make another Backbreaker Vengeance. Hmm. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. All right. So it has to be a game that you can download. It isn't available on retail shelves. Yeah, retail. Yeah. Yep. Or, is it, or is it a game that was conceived as a downloadable game and then 
Yeah. You know, oh, a publisher picked this up and now it's available on the shelves. Like, we've seen a lot of that stuff. Things like, uh, uh, The Walking Dead type games. Yeah, yeah. A couple years back. Um, anyway, we'll go through this list. We got Hollow Knight. I never, I never played that. Uh, you should. You should absolutely play it. You should treat, actually, all of, like, this list. Uh, is basically a, a list of games you should play if you haven't played them. Yeah. Yeah, we try and stick to that. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe not. There's some stuff in here later on that's a bit shit. Uh, Nidhogg 2. We'll go, we'll go through these a bit more detailed. Cuphead, What Remains of Edith Finch, no, Night in the Woods, Higher, Heat Signature. You're just going to talk over the top of everything I say. <laughs> Darkwood, Battle Rice, Jung Snuck in here. Uh, the Long Dark, Getting Over okay. It. Long Dark. Oh, yeah, that came out. Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, Play Unknown's Battlegrounds, haven't heard of it, Dead Cells, and Subnautica. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't play uh, Nidhogg 2 either. You've played quite a bit of that. It didn't seem to be as impactful as the original game. It's not. Yeah. It's not. So, uh, before we move on, Hollow Knight, spectacular. Like, it's got, it's a Metroidvania-style platformer. So, you've got, like, exploration. You've got, like, pretty pretty challenging combats uh, it's got a sort of dark Souls style uh if you die you've got to return and get your souls back or your i can't remember what they're called um but the currency that you use to upgrade you've got to get that back uh it's got that sort of sh- shit to it it's got this really eerie uh, understated sort of narrative about it and yeah it's totally worth playing you should definitely play it like like 100 if it hits switch is it on switch if it's on switch yeah play it the moment you finish zelda but uh yeah, definitely worth playing. Um, Needhog two uh, is yeah, it just didn't have the same impact as Needhog one. But I chucked it on here because in honor of Needhog one winning our this category in twenty fourteen. Um, yeah, the change in art style mm. fundamentally um, uh, ruined how I experienced the game. I think yeah. I I absolutely do not like that art style and it, it sort of it began to grow on me the more i played it but at the end of the day i just found myself desperately wishing they hadn't gone down that direction yeah it was like this weird goofy yep. bubble head like almost claymation style yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So gang beast remind me of that like the characters from that <laughs> yeah but not as like but gang beast is goofier gang beast should be in here actually because it officially hit like launched last week i think or two weeks ago yep but yeah gang beast is amazing as well yeah um cuphead I, i've been playing a bit more of that the last yeah. week or two um the, the issue i was having with the sort of freezing is gone uh, i haven't finished yet i've been slowly going through some of the bosses just when i've got a spare like 20 minutes i'll jump in and play a little bit right um i still really dig that game i have a lot of fun with it yeah. I, I like the art style yeah. Um, what remains of Edith Finch? I really like that a lot. Job doesn't like it. He hates fun. Um, but that's in here. What What was fun about Edith Finch? Uh, I don't know, man. Good. I played ages yeah. ago. Yep. It was good. Was I liked it. But good and fun aren't necessarily the same. I, I think they had saying. some interesting story, like mechanics in terms of gameplay and telling what story they were trying to tell. And they had a lot of uninteresting mechanics. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Never played it. Didn't you? I put this in because I thought you had played it. No. This oh, is the cat yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, no, Get I didn't play it. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't play it because it's an adventure game, so. <laughs> right. 
Fuck that shit. Um, Pyre. Pyre, you played this, right? Yeah, this is the sports game from the guys who made, like, Bastion. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've bought it. And as soon as I have time, which is really soon, hmm. um, I'm going to play it because I remember you talking about it glowingly. What? You were a huge fan, weren't you? I played a bit of it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. Maybe we had, a, maybe we had a guest on that was huge on it. Yeah. But I've definitely heard people, like, people loved it when they, like, people who got into it really got into it. Yeah, it took this idea of, like, hero-based uh, characters but in a sports game. Yeah. Like, they had different abilities and things like that. Um, yeah. It's definitely a different style of game from their last two that they made. So... Yeah, uh, Heat Signature. You're a big champion of this one. Uh, I love Heat Signature. It's yeah, it's a spectacular game that I think, um, yeah, like one of one of the most surprisingly fun games uh, of the year. It's you know top down, sort of this Hotline Miami style of uh, game that winds up being this like spectacular. Uh, um, I guess, like, uh, examination of scale. Because the the things you can do, like, range from something so personal, like hitting someone with a wrench, and scale all the way out into, like, uh, stealing one ship to crash into another ship to create a, a hole, a breach in the vacuum to then, like, bust in uh or like to even like once the vacuum is breached to then just like kidnap a person or something like that like it just the ways it enables you to play with the systems that it's created are um fantastic and they do all sorts of like fun events as well they did a a halloween event where um if you you couldn't die during halloween you just become a skeleton. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Everyone, like, there were ships just full of skeletons and shit. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty good. You didn't have a... You don't have a heat signature if you're a skeleton because you don't have a heart because you're technically undead. Right. It's rad. It's good stuff. Anyway, next. Uh, next up is Darkwood. I don't Darkwood. Know is. Darkwood. If we had a horror game section, it would be the horror game of the year for sure. Right. Uh, it is a isometric, I think, um, view, uh, like, horror game with this, like, it just understands horror in a way that I feel like a lot of video games don't uh, anymore. It's about dread. Hmm. Darkwood's about this ever-present feeling of dread. And it does it through a mechanic like through a system of mechanics that i repeatedly come back to as something that i really enjoy uh and that's the concept of the ever-evolving list of priorities that you have to manage you know priority management which is the dullest way to explain uh survival in a video game but that's ultimately what it is this this idea that you constantly have to change your priorities based on whatever is immediately relevant to you uh creates its own level of tension and when you stack on top of that the tension of a foreboding atmosphere through sound through lighting through uh graphics and through the the horrors that you see in the game you wind up in this situation where you're playing something that is 
pretty fucking scary and it's scary in a proper way it's not like fucking jump scare stuff it's like oh god oh god oh god i don't want to go through this fucking door like but i have to i don't have like you it's that that idea right of creating a situation like how it's that puzzle the puzzle of the horror game is like how do you get a person to make decisions that aren't necessarily in their best interests Mm -hmm. uh because that is like ultimately horror in film sees a lot of people make decisions that aren't in their best interests and it can be immersion breaking for a lot of people you know seeing someone you know split up right or do yeah let's split up and look for the killer ourselves and you're like don't fucking do that just stick together why would you why would you split up right this the this gives like incentivizes you to do things that are against your best interests based on that priority management system and yeah it turns into like it yeah a clever clever way to look at horror while getting you to feel actual horror mm-hmm. it's awesome next awesome battle right battle right uh hit 1.0 Earlier this year, went for full free to play. Um, I played it with Jung. Jung uh, is a you know spectacular teacher, so it was awesome to play with him. Uh, he was awesome. He was fantastic to, at teaching me the in- intricacies of what made this game fantastic. And it is a game. It is the fucking. It's the team fight of a MOBA. It's none of the laning shit. It is just straight into the team fight, and it feels utterly self-contained it doesn't tap into a lot of the stuff that a moba does which might be a little bit of its downfall i think for some players like at, at the end of the day i think the the laning phase and the towers and the base stuff in a moba that actually is it's actually critical to the game experience because uh it creates an like uh an overarching narrative Right, you've got your your weak start, and you go through to your powerful ending, and this just starts at the end. This is just, uh, it's all fucking, it's all boss fight, you know, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I totally understand why it didn't appeal to some people. It's uh, fighting. Uh, it's a, like more like a fighting game than it is like a MOBA, but it wears that MOBA influence on its sleeve, and as a result, it's difficult to separate it. Um, but it's still unbelievable, uh, spectacular fun, and you know it's got a, 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 a Australian servers that had them from like almost day dot, which is awesome. And yeah, I don't know if you can learn how to play it, you wind up having a lot of fun, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. The long dark. Why is this on the list? Didn't you put this on here? I didn't. Oh. Surely not. Okay. That came yeah. out this year, right? It did, yes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed well, I when I played from the survival mode. I think the uh, the story-based mode wasn't as balanced as what it could have been. Um, that was my... Like, I was pretty keen to get into the story side of it and, and see like what they were going to tell. Uh, it just felt like there wasn't enough publish in that part of the game. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing. But I think it's an interesting game to look at if you get some free time or if it's on sale because um, yeah the survival mode is, is a lot of fun uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy I tried this on there because I've been playing it 
Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, right? It is hilarious, and it is exactly uh, exactly what you said. Uh, infuriating, infuriating. Uh, but I think <laughs> where did you get to? Um, where did I get to? I got past. There was a bit where you had to like go. There was a like rock on the left hand side. Like sort of, you go up the mountain. There's a rock on the left hand side, and then you go up past that, and then you've got to climb up. Um, there's like some lanterns in a cave. Uh, I don't like a diagonal. Like, I didn't get that far, Job. <laughs> I didn't get that far either. I think I got just short of that. I think I remember seeing that at the like top of my vision. Have you seen the I- red beam that you can get on? Red beam that you sort of like inch Slip yourself off. across. Yeah. No. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a game that makes me want to scream at things. Do you know what? I like getting over it with Bennett Foddy because it gave me perspective. It gave me perspective about Hearthstone, the dungeon run. <laughs> because the Hearthstone dungeon run is utter trash. And if fucking Ben, if this is based on the fucking Dungeons and Dragons things runs that they have at fucking Team 5 or whatever the fuck, they must... Ben Brode must be the worst fucking GM of all time. It would be a fucking nightmare. Uh, I still haven't beat Rogue. I still play it daily, and I still get fucked daily. Although, uh, yesterday in my run, uh, I failed because I misplayed. So, on that one, um, that one's on me. But, yeah, it's still... It's utter shit. Like, the fact that... The like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know. It's garbage. Fuck that game. Next up, play on battlegrounds. Um, what can we say about player unknowns battlegrounds that I don't want to say later? <laughs> we played a lot of it. We played a lot of it. Next up is dead cells. Dead cells. Uh. What a fucking game. I This was your greatest discovery of 2017. Okay. Like, the best thing you got me onto was this game, because Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the, the amount of time I've killed playing it, and the amount of joy I've gotten out of trying my best to learn its systems, and uh, secretly competing with your progress. Uh, I didn't know that immense, was a thing. Immense. <laughs> I haven't touched it's it. not. It's my own. It's, a, it's my own competition. Oh. Um, I've, I've smashed you, by the way. Should be noted, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know, man. It's fantastic. It's a a brilliant combination of that that pace uh, that you don't see in a lot of platformers anymore. Especially like if it, it reminds me of Castlevania more than fucking almost any game because it feels. Like this, I mean, um, Symphony of the Night. That that pay, the pace that you you move at, and uh, the pace you're capable of attacking at, and obviously yeah. it's got differences, and it's semi-randomized. But yeah, again, uh, yeah, I just I, I'm so like keen to keep going back and back to it, and it's, you get better and better, and you learn more and more about the world uh, until you feel like you are capable of of almost anything in the game. Yeah. It's awesome. 
And it's a game where you're, you, you can take your time getting through it, but you're also rewarded by being quicker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but that's, that's something that you don't really know until you've learned a lot about the game and you know a lot about the game. So, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yep. Subnautica. I, I never played this bit. You love this. You should game. play it. Subnautica is amazing. It's Dead Cells and Subnautica technically haven't released, but uh, I put them on because I feel like technically haven't released is no longer a reasonable barrier to entry uh for this award i guess we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks over and over again while people have cried about whether or not battlegrounds should be game of the year when obviously uh it is the game that some people have played more than anything else for literally years so um yeah uh subnautica keeps getting better and better it regularly pops up as an example of early access done right Mm -hmm. it's this they put so much passion so much work into making it better and better and better every single time uh it now looks better than ever i jump back in uh it still loads like shit which is crazy uh like i don't know how uh but it looks spectacular now uh which is awesome because what it does is it creates um, it taps in a thalassophobia, which is the fear of the deep. Uh, it taps into it in a way that most games will never. Uh, and I don't even think it's meaning to. I don't even think that's on purpose. But I will never, ever forget that moment I had with it where I was well into the darkest depths of the ocean. And I heard this deep moan and the way that you might in any game where you're terrified or like just generally wary i swung around to look and the torch the torches on my submarine could barely deal with like four meters in front of me and then out of the deep all i could see was this eye drift by and this set of teeth just below it hmm. and I, I quit the game and I didn't go back to it for fucking months <laughs> uh, it was it was honest to god one of the scariest things I've ever experienced in a fucking video game right. they, it was it was it was like it was so perfect it almost had to be scripted and yet it wasn't it's not scripted that was just how how the game works the systems in the game the the many different systems in the game collaborate if I ever get multiplayer in that game, it's yeah, it's going to be silly. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna dominate my time. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's one game here we didn't add, and I think we should. And I'll put it down now. It's called The Forest. The um, Forest. That also technically is not out yet, but we played a bunch of it over the Christmas break last yep. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't for games like player unknowns battlegrounds on this list yeah this could be very high up there <laughs> um yeah it could even be on my top five uh yeah. if we want to go down that route um and now i'm actually rethinking my top five because i really dug that game a lot and uh we we played that for three days straight like yep. within like 24 hours we must have played 
<laughs> like 20 hours. Yeah. It was something stupid. Um, and it's not out yet, but it was so, it felt so finished when we did play it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we technically finished it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The forest is uh, one of those experiences, like those games where you, you, when you have that experience with friends, uh, there's, there's very little else like it. It's another game that you know is an ever-changing list of priorities but for some reason those priorities in the forest like waver wildly between terror and outright comedy and there's like there's like there's no fucking wall between the two like the cot like there's this circle it's not a straight line on one side is terror and on on the other is fucking comedy it's more like fucking 24 hours in a day and hour one is fucking comedy and hour 23 is fucking uh is terror and this game just sits at zero at zero hour and it flips between like back and forth between the days fucking hilarious and terrifying at the same time you're like oh god there's a giant thing with fucking arms a billion arms it's coming for me yeah why and then you turn around and fucking luke is throwing fucking flares at you and you're like what are you doing yeah shit like that or like like, i remember that first time we went down that cave yeah and we didn't know what was down there and that thing came at us and we all literally jumped back on the ladder and ran up yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and then like we were tricking one another into situations where they get fucking ruined by by cannibals and shit like it just it why it there was just no it was zero to 100 in the blink of an eye so many times that you couldn't help but start to laugh which i think is a spectacular um I don't know, feature in a game, I think. I don't know. It was crazy. Mm. And also the story was super interesting. It was. I thought it was... Crazy, but... um, I thought it was really well done. I, I liked it a lot. Yep. It went yeah. in ridiculous places. It did. All right. I thought we'd mention that. Um, but yeah, this list is, is pretty much given, right? It is. Um, I think we're going to go with Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for this one. It's a fucking no-brainer, which is is disappointing because this this is a long list. I looked over my Steam and I think I've I've put in more hours into downloadable games yeah. than I have into AAA games this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and like Indie all the games, games on this good, list that I played are such high quality so fucking good so engaging there's so much to like about them that yeah i absolutely yeah i don't know man um i haven't thought about a top five like how i would order the other four games (laughs) to be honest i all i knew was that there was one obvious winner like but it's so obvious and i worry that it's going to be obvious in a bunch of other categories as well yeah, I know that what you mean. might might render the the rest of it sort of moot. So what what do well, you, Cuphead you, can't win best sports title? That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take a punt at your top five? Mine. Yeah. No. 
No? You what don't want to take them on? Your top five. At your top five, you idiot. I've got mine. What is it? My top five of the year. Oh, overall of the year. What are you talking about? Which top five downloadable games? Five of these, yeah. Oh, no, that's nuts. That's crazy. Okay. What about a runner-up? Give us a runner-up. We'll be be here all all fucking day. That's true. Um, Runner-up. For me, um, it'd probably go the forest. If we're going to pick from this list, I I think. Like, it's a close call between the forest, dead cells, and eighth finch for me. Yeah, it's a close call between... Well, that's why I'm like, yeah, we can do five out of this because it's a close call between Subnautica, The Forest, Dead Cells, Heat Signature, uh, and Darkwood for me. Um, hmm. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. Subnautica. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, as as the runner up for me, uh, but I could be swung to The Forest. Yeah. Should we? Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to write out? Let's write out the fucking runner up as The Forest, just so that next year <coughs> we can just recognize that there was one like the LeBron James of video games <laughs> like shit everything up and we've got some fucking measure of yeah next year's yeah that's good yeah. sports and driving games sports and racing games yeah so uh, we combined this a couple years back because uh, it's similar right uh, Forza Horizon 3 was 2016's best sports slash racing game uh, Rocket League in 2015, Pro Evolution Soccer 2014, NBA 2K14 was 2013's best game of the year, uh, NBA 2K13 was 2012, and NHL for 2011, <laughs> whatever that NHL game well, was. Yeah. Um, so let's go down through this. As we got Pyre. We already. Sp- yep. Yeah. Go through it, but I just want to point out that this is just a list of the sports games we could think of. This is not a carefully curated list of our favorite fucking downloadable games that was above, where the downloadable game list is basically... (laughs) My Steam library. (laughs) Hardcore recommends you should fucking play all of the downloadable games. This is just a list of fucking driving and and sports games. Yeah. Um, To remind us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pyre... Which we talked about already. Pyre, we talked about already. Uh, Supergiant Games, people that made Bastion, um, yep. Transistor. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely a, a sports game. <laughs> yep. Action sports game. Uh, FIFA 18. Uh, yeah. Did you yeah. play it? Was, was it good? Um, it was fine. Hmm. But I didn't really get into it. I didn't really feel... Like, I was into it, you know? I didn't feel like it was, I don't know, like, worth getting deep into, I guess. Um, I got bored pretty quickly. It just seems, I, I seem more of the same than ever before. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't seem bad, which is in stark contrast to NBA 18, which is next on the list. Yeah, NBA 18, um, introducing the neighborhood interesting idea executed not as well poorly really poorly <laughs> yeah um, um and, and i'm not a fan of the they're still leaning into really heavily into vc too heavily yeah it's um, now it's, it's now everywhere ridiculous um it took me a while to really understand just how obnoxious uh vc was in that system until like because i yeah because the i got the fucking 
special collector's edition of the game, the Shack edition or whatever the fuck, and you start off with a shitload of VC as a result. And yep. so it didn't seem that insidious. And then suddenly, yeah, I'm trying to earn the shit on my own. I'm like, this anywhere. is fucking rough. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that one, they, they fucked that one to death. That's bad. I just wanted to, I pointed this out in our um, fantasy basketball chat. But the fucking side chick, uh, sidekick chick, not side chick. Um, the sidekick chick uh, is probably one of the worst characters in a video game ever. You know the your childhood friend who's constantly having uh, yeah, yeah. shit yeah. with the five other people they paid to do voice acting, hmm. and she's like, "Look at these Doritos, Cool Ranch Doritos." She's just like some sort of fucking paid promo spot every time she shows up. It is the fucking worst. She's terrible. Um, so, yeah, she gets a special nod for being utterly awful. Yeah, I think they'll take a step back next year. They've been called out this year in terms of the VC stuff quite a lot. Um, I don't think they're going to remove it. They make way too much money off that game. So they're in a weird spot. Like, I do remember the first year we saw that and they introduced VC and you could not... It was hard to buy that shit. You had to go to like six different menus and yeah. they were like, yeah, we don't really, we want that to be like an option, but not yeah. front and center. And then they just completely ignored that. Now it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. So it's not on this list at all. Uh, yeah. Rugby League Live 4. Um, I put this on as a joke. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Four to six. What do you want to talk about it? Oh, no. I was just going to say... It wasn't as bad as I expected. Yeah. You know, it could have been a lot worse. So, thumbs up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Four to six. This it got an eight out of ten, by the way. From who? Pressed, press Starts Australia. Okay. Yeah. Terrible. Um, yeah. Okay. Four to six. It's a racing game. It sure is a racing game. It looks very pretty on my Xbox One X. It, um, it looks fucking gorgeous in 4K, but I am stuck wondering why... Like, I've said this way too many times now. I know I have. I've had this argument with, um, with Luke Riley, the like driving games expert at IGN. Uh, like, that dude's a fucking driving game nut. He's like, Heath levels. Ridiculous. Yep. Um, and I've had this argument. Like I, I, I won't. I'm not budging. I don't know why this these games exist. I don't know why Forza Six or GT Sport exists anymore when the alternatives include Project Cars Two or like the other proper Sims. I or like on the contrast is Forza Horizon Three. Forza Horizon Three is, you know, sim. Sim arcade uh, in its design. Uh, it's you know it's got simulation elements, um, but with the arcade thrills uh, that you know the Need for Speed games used to provide. Yep. Uh, it's got car collecting, which is a huge factor for a lot of people with Forza and, and GT. Um, like maybe the only reason they actually play Forza or GT is car collection. Um, yeah, 
So you've got the arcade elements for Forza from Forza Horizon 3. Forza Horizon 3 also has the fucking AI that makes Forza anything special at all. Uh, and on the other hand, you've got actual Sims doing the sim work. So why would you play Forza? And uh, on to add on top of that, some horrendous loot box shit. Uh, it's fucked to death by loot box shit. Um, that makes Forza 6 just nothing on this list. I bl- like, I don't know. It might be below Rugby League Live 4. Yeah. Yeah, for me, anyway. All right, uh, GT Sport. Uh, this kind of came out and didn't make any noise at all. Because it came out a year later than it should have, and it didn't feel like it was a year's worth better. Yeah. You know, it just felt like, yep, well, at least they can say it's out, I guess. Uh, like it's in the same, it's, it winds up in the same like predicament to me as Forza 6. Yeah. Why does it exist? Why do these games exist? They, like, there's just not enough reason for them. We are supposed to be talking about Forza 7, by the way. Um, Forza 7 is the game that came out this year, not Forza 6. Well, they're so fucking interchangeable. Um, (laughs) you're right, it's Forza 7. (laughs) Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know. That's how much we cared about Forza. Yeah. Forza looked pretty. It did look pretty. Yeah. Um, Project Cars 2, let's move on to that. All right. Uh, this is this is, like, this is is the game. This is the game you get if you want to fucking sim. It's the game you get on fucking, like, all platforms if you want to sim. The first one was spectacular. Uh, and... Yeah, like, this one just builds on the same sort of stuff. It's not as staggeringly amazing, like, uh, but that's only because, like, it's... For Project Cars 2 was compared to, like, blank. And so, yeah, it was it was staggering how awesome it was. While Project... Sorry, Project Cars was compared to blank. Project Cars 2 is compared to Project Cars... And I can understand why it maybe doesn't like it doesn't give that same oh Jesus Christ they've they've done the impossible making a fucking a, a sim game on a console that feels fucking good um, yeah I don't know um, Project Cars Two is the yeah it's the shit it's awesome <clears throat> yep yeah. All right, next up is Dirt 4. Uh, Dirt 4, I didn't play. I was hoping you played this. Uh, no. No. Uh, I, play, I, I played it at preview, that's all. I didn't play the like the final release, unfortunately. So I, I can't really... I don't really have a measure of it. I heard really good things. Um, but, yeah, never really... Yeah, I don't know. Never really got a grip on it. Huh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Right. Cluster Truck. Cluster Truck! That's why I keep saying driving games instead of racing games. Okay. It's Cluster Truck. It's, it involves driving. Uh, it actually doesn't involve driving. It involves jumping on cars that are driving, on trucks that are driving. But, oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so you jump from truck to truck. Um, just just uh, not in the puzzle platformer section. Oh, maybe. Sure. Maybe. <laughs> but I felt like... We had a bunch of games that I wasn't going to recommend. Yeah. So, so I wanted to chuck Cluster Truck in here because it has trucks. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. Um, but this yeah, this is the one jump- with the built-in Twitch stuff, right? And the, yes, uh, the developer jumped in and was fucking with one of those streamers at one stage. That is exactly it. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, hilarious game. Like just super, super fun to play. And uh, yeah, like I don't know, really good. I don't know. I literally only put it in here because I was worried. <laughs> yeah. Um, we didn't have a list. <laughs> I, I wanted to flesh out so that it wasn't just My Summer Car because My Summer Car is another driving game, which is why I kept calling it a driving game, um, where you have to like put the fucking car together. Oh, yeah. And it's insane. Um, it is super fucking dumb. And, uh, yeah, you like drink drive and do all this like zany stupid shit and some Finnish dude like put it together and half translated it and whatever the fuck but you put the car together uh, you put together like a fucking Dacia basically yeah, and you drive it around and you cool. do stuff and uh, yeah that's, that's basically the whole game um, it's ludicrous in how simplistic it is but also uh how compelling it winds up being when you actually get into it um no i was conf- i'm confusing that i'm confusing my summer car with jalopy jalopy is <laughs> is the game from last year isn't it i have no idea jalopy is a stupid game where you drive and do missions and my summer car so uh, you build the car. Is the one where yeah, you just crash a car and stuff. <laughs> Fucking hell. We have I've this this section, we just clearly don't care about sports and racing games anymore. Yeah, this year. This we year. A, we need a sports person. We do. Oh. And now sports with Chip Hansen. <laughs> um all right. So what what are we looking at? What are we Fucking thinking? Project cars? Project cars too, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to be. Uh, if NBA ever comes out with a fucking good fucking NBA game again, then maybe this list will have some contention to it. All right, but- so Project Cars 2 for best sports slash racing slash driving game. Yeah. Cool. Uh, best fighting game. Best <laughs> fighting game. We've got some nominees this year. Last year, we didn't give anything because it was nothing. It was, it was like the fucking sports racing one from this year um yeah well i guess it was like mortal Kombat last year but to us, yeah. that, that was it we didn't get into it yeah um, um so to give you an idea what has sort of been the contenders the last couple of years we got mortal Kombat x in uh 2015 nidhogg in 2014 injustice gods among us in 2013 playstation all-stars in 2012 and mortal Kombat in 2011 fuck we like us some uh, Nether Realms games, huh? Sounds like it. <laughs> Which is interesting because the first one on the list here is Injustice Two. Well, uh, well, well. Yeah, I played um, a lot of this a couple of weeks back. I really dug it. Um, I liked the, uh, the the gameplay and the combat, that sort of stuff. The uh, costumes and the way they implement with the um, like different abilities is really interesting. Um, I was not that much of a fan of the story. I didn't like get really compared to the last one um a lot stronger in the original gods among us yeah so yeah apart from the story i thought everything else was really solid yeah yeah 
Uh, I only ever really, I played it a little bit, but uh, only really ever watched it. I watched a lot of it, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't wasn't blown away to be honest. I, yep. I think as a competitive game, it can get pretty dull pretty quickly. Yeah, like I watched. I just mentioned it. I was watching some during lunch, and the two yeah. guys were literally shooting projectiles at each other for the entire match. Yeah. That's that's what they were doing. Yeah, it was yeah. not fun to watch. <laughs> nope. Nidhog two. Nidhog two. I guess we've already talked about this. Um, if you've never played Nidhog before, it's still, I think it's still pretty, like, captivating. But if you have played Nidhog, I think it's very difficult to get over the art style. Yeah, absolutely. Tekken 7. Oh, I, I guess we should clarify. Nidhogg is a game where, like, two players... Oh, sword fight. Sword fight. Uh, and you race. You're trying to get to the end of a screen um, to get eaten by a worm. Uh, but, like, the whole deal with it is that it's one one hit kill the whole time. And so you stab someone and you run on and they have to respawn to try and stop you again. Um, and there's there's lots of like levels to how it works um, and there's a lot of depth and Nidhogg 2 actually adds more depth which is really cool but um, yeah it doesn't add enough mm. to make it feel that much different the only thing that makes it feel that much different from Nidhogg 1 is that art style which yeah, art I think style. cripples it at the end of the day mm-hmm. uh, Tekken 7 Tekken 7 yeah tell you what if there was a fucking uh, uh if we could rate this on esports viewability alone, Tekken Seven be a fucking winner. Because uh, I don't, I don't really play fighting games, and I don't like to play fighting games very much because I suck at them, and I don't like sucking at shit. Uh, but I love watching Tekken Seven. I reckon the fucking the mind games in Tekken Seven are second to none. Um, people are yeah, the, the best players are playing at some crazy like doing some crazy shit just to get into their opponent's heads and yeah to like get through some games and shit um and i reckon it's totally like totally one of the best fucking fighting games to watch okay yeah awesome uh marvel vs capcom infinite i don't think either of us played this nope and i've heard nothing but really rough shit like terrible fucking voice acting or even like not the correct voice actors in some cases uh for like for characters some stupid licensing deal where like if they're a marvel character and a capcom character they can only be the voice of one or some shit i i 100 certain i heard that so they had to get like other people to do the voice uh and yeah like I don't know, man. It sounds like it's a mess. Everything I saw of it made it look like a mess. And I haven't seen a single person uh, like Pimp playing it at tournaments yet. Yeah. And it seems to me like the the roster was more leaning towards the cinematic universe by showing off like a lot of those Marvel... There was no X-Men characters. Yeah. Like none of that stuff is in there, right? So... I guess they've got the license back now, but <laughs> it's a bit too late. 
maybe in the next Marvel versus Capcom we'll have those uh, those X Men back in there. It seemed yeah. like everyone was pretty upset. There was no Wolverine. That's all I all I kept hearing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What, what about Dark Phoenix? No, not no X Men. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, like without Phoenix slash Dark Phoenix, like that was my only that was my only fucking strategy in yeah Ultimate Valve versus Capcom Three was to eventually trigger Dark Phoenix yeah. and then go ham from there and see if I could like save the game because I'd already resolved myself to the idea that I was definitely going to lose. So yeah, right on. Um, and then Gang Beast is on here as well. Yeah, Gang, why wouldn't it be? Gang Beast is uh, officially released. Yep. Um, so Gang Beasts, up to four people uh, fight it out uh, to... There's not like a health bar. You're basically just trying to throw your opponents off the world area and the different maps create different situations where you can kill your opponents. Or you can throw them off a truck throw them off an airship, uh, off a billboard, um, into a meat grinder in a factory, uh, or out of a boxing ring. And yeah, it's, it's really, uh, at its basic level, uh, it feels like a game where you can just sort of flail on the buttons and still get away with some shit. Yeah. And as a result, that makes it fucking hilarious, especially when people are drunk. But uh, on a deeper level, there's actually a fair amount of strategy involved. Uh, and you wind up like with with four really good players, like you, me, Nate, and his girlfriend have all played a lot of it. And you wind up in these fucking, these tense matches where like, it's almost reminiscent of the, the like wrestling style where, you know, two people stand just arm's length away from one another, pouring at each other, to see if they can get like a grab on the other person and then they'll just start to fucking wail on them. And then like once they get the grab, they start to wail on them until someone gets KO'd and then you throw them in front of a fucking subway train. And it's hilarious. (laughs) It's spectacular. I love it to bits. Um, Yeah, Gang Beast is amazing. Yep. And you put Battle Right question mark here. Yeah, uh, because that's an arena brawler, right? And Jung always talks about in terms of uh, fighting games. I think that's a fair fair cop. Yeah. Right. Um, removing the question mark. But we, uh, we've we already talked about it. I guess we've already spoken about why. Um, what makes Battle Right work? What makes Battle Right good? Mm-hmm. Um, it's free to play. I think we already said. So if you are interested in that sort of gameplay, check it out. Yeah. What do you think? What, what's winning? I don't know. Because I feel like you've played more of these than I have. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I've definitely watched more of them than you have. Yeah. Um, I don't know about played. Because uh, <laughs> you've definitely played Injustice 2 more than I have. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Gang Beasts. All right. I know I, I know for a fact we've we've had hours of fun with Gang Beasts. So, yeah. like, I definitely think it's worth um, at least some sort of fucking recognition. Uh, compared to the others, I don't think it's necessarily better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely uh, like I'd, as as a fighting game in this in the fighting game community sense <laughs> of a game. I don't think it's better than Tekken Seven. I, I think Tekken Seven is a fantastic fucking game. Uh, I 
brilliant fighter. Um, but yeah, in terms of our level of play, um, I think it's awesome. Right. I love it. I love it. I, put, I just checked on Steam. Um, before it even released, I had 57 hours of Gang Beasts played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, All right. Let's go with that then. The Gap's best fighter of 2017, Gang Beasts. Dope. Um, action adventure game. So last year, this is a big one. Usually is every year. Um, mm. This one last year was Gears of War 4, yep. Just Cause 3 in 2015, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor in 2014, Grand Theft Auto 5 in 2013, and Max Payne in 2012. That's the um, Rockstar... Uh, wasn't a reboot, was it? Mm. More of a continuation. Yeah. Um, and in 2011 was Batman Arkham City. Some good games on that list. Fucking awesome games on that and list. And there's some still good games on the contenders list. Let's go down. We've got The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yep. And <laughs> what are we supposed to say about that? How do you, where do you start with this game? Like, yeah. there are obviously issues. There are obviously issues and... Uh, there was like some pro- some design decisions that I will literally never agree with. I don't I don't agree with weapon degradation in a game like this um, because I don't like it's not. People say it's like Far Cry, right? Far Cry Two had weapon degradation and your guns could jam and all that kind of shit. But Far Cry Two, the the difference was weapons had a level of power that was pretty consistent and AK jamming right your ak jamming on you wasn't necessarily the worst thing that could happen it was shit hmm. so you could just drop it and grab another ak and theoretically it'd be it'd be fine because an ak has a level of stopping power that is ultimately pretty fucking similar to everything else whereas in this you just wind up with this fucking this arsenal of weapons that you're too afraid to use because you don't want to waste them on some piddly whatever the fuck and it just it creates a a loot economy that is propped up out of nothing there's no reason to pick up some things at the same time you're holding on to certain shit yeah just because you know like you can't bear to get rid of it you can't like can't fathom using it and yeah it's it's that in particular is dumb as balls frame rate issues i think i already mentioned the story is fucking dog shit like the worst story i've ever sat through i cannot understand why people enjoy this shit it is the same thing but told with terrible voice acting and like frankly annoying characters properly annoying characters like, just the worst sorts of cliches, lazy fucking writing. I don't understand how it gets away with that kind of shit. Mm. You contrast all of that with... <laughs> with all the systems. With, yeah. With the fact that I played it, like, for 14 hours straight, I think, at one point. 14 hours straight on a flight from fucking um, Sydney to LA. Uh, and I had to hold it the whole time because the fucking plug the charging plug is on the bottom of the fucking uh switch mm-hmm. so i had to hold that thing above like i held it for 14 hours and i was so enraptured with the systems that it puts together 
that fucking who cares about all those other complaints like who fucking <laughs> why would you give a fuck and yeah that's that's pretty sta- that's a staggering achievement to be honest the the fucking the so many different things you can do and you find yourself like just slowly combining those little elements until you have like you're playing exactly the way you want and doing whatever you want and you feel like you are the fucking the superhero of this world and sometimes you take a break to chop down a bunch of trees to create some tiny fucking village or whatever the fuck and you do it just because you want to see what happens you want to see what happens next with that shit Hmm. um you want to you want to like shoot at the fucking dragon flying around in the sky because you want to see what happens next with that shit what have you not encountered any (laughs) no never mind there's three of them you should find them um, Every time I'm running around and I see a giant shadow, I'm like, what the fuck is that? I look up and it's a cloud. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, fair enough. Yep, yeah. The storms are coming. That's fair. Fucking, oh my God. The the lightning. Lightning yeah. being attracted to metal weapons is spectacular. It's so genius. And the way you, you can use that against enemies is even better. You throw a fucking, you throw a shield at them and like, half the time they'll pick it up and they'll get fucking shot to death and you're like see ya <laughs> yeah. amazing yeah. yeah look it's like yeah it's Breath got a lot of War. faults it, it's got faults it's definitely got faults but it's those faults are f- like far and away uh outdone by every single positive it has and it has so many positives mm-hmm. it's awesome it's an awesome game like 1000% recommended yeah uh worth buying a Switch for I think at the end of the day, uh, now that the Switch has actual like a decent library of games, I think when it first came out, I was wary to say that it was worth buying a Switch for, just just because you had no idea whether or not that would be the only fucking game you'd be playing. Yeah, right. But not there's, a, there's a couple there's now. Yeah, plenty. There's plenty to play on the fucking Switch. Yeah. So yeah, buy it. Buy a Switch and get Zelda. Um, it's totally worth it. It's awesome. All right, Assassin's Creed Origins. Yep. Um. This is a bit of a surprise for me. I, I definitely was not interested in it going in. I thought the the setting seemed a bit bland. Like to me, Assassin's Creed was all about scaling buildings and you know high rises and running around towns and parkouring over everything. And then when I saw Origins, I was like, that, like none of that is in here. Everything I'm seeing is just like open lands like there's not really that many tall buildings it was really strange decision and then we played at that preview event and i i really dug it yeah um and it completely changed my opinion of it um and then i played a bunch of it when it actually came out yeah and had stacks and stacks of fun with it so yeah it turned me around i'm on board i'm back on the assassin's creed train yeah i mean that's basically it you know it, it again systems right Another game where the systems just, I don't know, blow me away with how deep they are and how much play they afford the player. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even fucking close to finishing it. And I, I still play uh, every other day and all I do is I fuck about. 
I fuck about in the game and I've got very little interest in progressing the story except I, I know I'm going to have to at some point because I'm going to reach a power level where it's not really interesting to fuck about anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what drives me to play. Yeah. It is just the ability to continue to fuck about. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uncharted The Lost Legacy. I don't think either of us played this. No. No. Um, I did hear really good things about it. It's something I would like to get to at some stage, but um, I thought I'd just at least mention it in this list. When um, when we were when we were talking about uh, single player action adventure <laughs> games, uh-huh. story based linear adventure games, this is basically what I was thinking about. I don't want to play another fucking Uncharted game. I definitely don't want to play one if the shooting is still as shit as it was in four, um, and I suspect it probably is. Uh, Uncharted games always seem to get a pass for their terrible shooting, but they shouldn't because so much of that game is Nathan Drake murdering people. I suppose The Lost Legacy isn't Nathan Drake murdering people. It's um, those other two chicks. Yeah. Uh, Chloe? Yeah, Chloe and Nadine. Yeah. Uh, So it's them, but yeah, I don't know. I've got no interest. Whatever. Next. Next up is Horizon Zero Dawn. We haven't talked about this at all yet. No, we haven't. Um, yeah, strange game, right? Because <clears throat> um, the guys behind Killzone made yep. a really good <laughs> action RPG. Yeah. Well, yeah, action, it's action a, adventure game. It's a, an odd uh, like series of events that led to, to that led to this one coming about, but. Uh, I'm glad they did. I love this game. I will never ever forget that moment when you. It's got these like these two moments. The moment where you first leave the the initial proving grounds, and you, like you sort of get out into the open world, mm-hmm. and it feels so much bigger as a result. And then you go a little bit further and you cross over this mountain and you can see this uh i can't remember the the bird things the thunderbirds um (laughs) you can see it out in the distance and it's flying around and the scale the change in scale was just staggering like utterly staggering like something else to me and uh yeah, I'll never forget that moment. And there are a bunch of other moments that I, I, I won't forget. You know, taking down, um, taking down one of those big fucking like they're not even that aggressive, but the ones with the big horns on them, taking that down for the first time, um, and and you just feel like you've outsmarted this thing. And that's like again, you know, we wind up talking, wind up talking about systems a lot. I think today because systems are what drive games um and systems are what drive uh that sort of self uh self-told narrative that you know my version of my version of the story (laughs) exactly um and yeah horizon had a bunch of systems that did really well and i think if anything lets it down it's that in a lot of ways there were like you you could dig deep enough and you could work out that a lot of the systems were illusory like they were just 
they were tricks. They were only skin deep. Yeah. And I think if anything lets Horizon down, it's it's that. It's that they yeah, you could pierce through and work out how all of these animals work. They were bound to certain um areas, like certain distances. Uh they could not go past a certain spot. They couldn't see you in certain places and there is like there's something curious about exploiting AI mm-hmm. when the enemies you're fighting are technically AIs. Yep. Like it's it's a bit difficult to reconcile necessarily, like um cognitively, I mean, like you are yeah, you're exploiting an AI, but at the same time, um isn't that how you're supposed to defeat these AIs? They're fucking huge. Like you're not supposed to they're not actual dinosaurs that you're taking on. They are AIs and the AI that you're supposed to defeat yep. ultimately and you're supposed to exploit to defeat. And yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a fucking, there's a bit of a Zen cone in there where you're one hand clapping, you know, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I loved it. I loved it to bits, but I think the, um, the, the combat was really good as well. The yeah. the looking at the enemies and figuring out what weak points were. Oh yeah. Disabling systems on enemies like oh I've just shot this part of it off now it can't do this attack, um, or like shredding parts of the body armor off and exposing weak points like that stuff is really cool and interesting. Um, yeah. And and that also like it it led sort of um, it fed into this ability to learn alongside Aloy. Like, yeah. as she learnt more as a hunter, you also learnt more as a hunter. And the next time you came up against a, dino, a robo-dino that you'd already fucking defeated, you'd sort of know. Um, you'd yeah. be a more experienced hunter and you'd know where those weak spots were. A and bit now more. there was two of them. <laughs> yeah. And you'd, you'd sort of solve it a little bit quicker as a result and yeah and you'd be more capable for bigger challenges and those those grander challenges they threw more of them at you and stuff like that which is really cool alright uh, let's move on there's a lot more here still Mario Odyssey uh, that's an odd one for me I, I'm a big fan of the Mario games um, I like what they've done with this one yeah but at the same time um, for me the incentive of doing the things are not there Yep. Um, you know, going out and exploring in a game, I can trust it with like Zelda, you're, you're, you're getting bigger, better, stronger in that game by completing tasks. Um, you know, getting either, uh, better stamina, weapons, um, heart containers, abilities, like that sort of stuff. Whereas in Mario, you're collecting stars or, or, or fucking whatever, moon, moon shards. Yeah. Yeah. for the sake of it like yep. there's no reason to do any of that yep. and for me that was the the biggest letdown like they've got this awesome these worlds they've created with um, you know there's puzzles in there they're a lot of fun but there's no reason to do any of that stuff yeah and, and it goes deeper than that it goes deeper again because at no point do you ever feel challenged except by occasionally like trial and error style 
uh, puzzling, which I I think I've been pretty clear about, is my least favorite style of puzzle. Uh, outside of trial and error bullshit, you never feel like you're actually being challenged as a player. Instead, you, um, you, you feel like you can just sort of coast through. I never felt like I was stopped except, yeah, except when I just had to work, like inevitably work out what it was I was accidentally doing wrong. Um, and, and like the more interesting things to me was like, it was some of those moments where I didn't work out what I was doing wrong that led to some of the most satisfying gameplay for me. There was one area um, where uh, I couldn't work out how to get to, I think I lost, you lose your hat at some point and you have to go get it back or some shit. Um, couldn't work out how to get to my hat. Uh, and as a result, I did a large chunk of this level without the hat. Mm. And when you have the hat, it's mind-blowing how much easier it is to accomplish like moving around this level when previously you're like nailing these long jump after long jump platforming challenges to get to these moons and shit and you're like fucking fair enough whatever I'll just move on um yeah Instead, like, and then once I'm like, okay, I've got to be doing something wrong here. I have to be doing something wrong. Um, it turned out that I had misinterpreted uh, a an icon on the ground that meant I was supposed to pound it. I pounded the wrong thing. And once I pounded the correct thing, I was able to get to my hat. And bingo, bango. Um, I just, I've worked it out by literally just pounding everything. Um, that was like, once I got the hat back, I'm like, Okay, and then I just get one of these dudes, and okay, cool. That was unbelievable, like staggeringly easy, depressingly easy. And the pro, like the problem with your, like to bring it back to what you were saying about incentivization, I'm not just like, oh, that brings up something interesting, and then I just talk about my own thing. No, it actually, like, the incentivization of the game is actually a massive problem because as a result, people keep saying, oh, the game gets so much more challenging after the end credits like everyone's you, you should just play after the play more after the end credits but the game never incentivized me to if i am bored to te- like to tedium by the fucking initial the before the credits shit right what reason would i have to go back and play through again because uh, on some fucking phantom concept that the game will get harder after the credits what now now i have to collect fucking 500 moons by going back through levels that i've already been through like not to mention that 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 creates a false experience for me i should never have gone and gotten all of the moons that i could previously i should have only just gotten the moons that were available to like the moons required to move on and I have technically wasted my time exploring every reach of every world because now I go back and there are more moons and I have to explore the entire fucking area again to get to them. And this idea that there's challenge in that is not enough for me. I'm not incentivized by challenge for the sake of challenge, right? I'm not getting anything out of that necessarily. It's not like... I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah, it's 
Mario, Mario Odyssey's issue is 1,000% a case of failure to incentivize people. Yeah. And it, it fails really hard at that, like in that aspect. There is no reason for you to do anything. Yeah, and I like Mario 64 is one of my favorite games of all time. And that game yep. doesn't incentivize you either. But the thing is, that's a old game. <laughs> Like, video games but, should learn from those... No, but Mario 64 did incentivize you to, to move... Like, the challenge was the incentive. The challenge there was the incentive. Oh, because, was it? Yeah, okay. Because it wasn't that fucking easy. I don't know, man. But also, weren't levels locked behind... Painting, yeah, there like, were stars and paintings and shit, right? Yeah, whereas this sort of that does that, that right? but it's more it's like, hey, get 10 stars or moon shards and then you go to the next area. Yeah, but Mario, yeah, Mario, like you actually, you're building to more challenge. Whereas in here, you're at the, you're on a flat plane. You're never building towards anything. Like it never gets any fucking harder, really. Yeah, you kind of just start in a new world, and you have to learn what the things are in that world. You learn the the this the yeah trick of this world, and then yeah. you move on. I yeah. will say, like, I will say, uh. There were some really cool secrets that I found. Uh, I found this fucking crazy, uh, crazy underground world, like this underground forest where there was a T-Rex roaming around. And uh, I found that by falling somewhere. And I thought that was really cool. But um, yeah, ultimately, I, I felt like it was one of the biggest like blahs, like just non-events mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree that there was a bit too much hype behind that. That's why I stopped sort of playing it and went to back went back to Zelda and other games that I was sort of into at the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Nier. Nier Automata. Yeah. Um, Is this an action-adventure game? It's hard to say. It's It's got elements. It certainly has elements, um, but it also has elements uh, like it feels far more like an rpg it is um it's a staggering game that people should absolutely play uh you play as this android and it explores elements of um it's it's hard to talk about because it everything that it has to offer in my opinion it doesn't have necessarily terribly compelling um like minute by minute gameplay instead you have this game where that which is more than happy to switch between types of games. You know, it'll switch to a shoot 'em up or a beat 'em up or whatever the fuck from from like moment to moment in battles. But otherwise, it can as an RPG, it can be quite um, boring. As like you wind up doing a bunch of fetch quests that you feel like you aren't getting a lot of a lot out of necessarily, and then. At the same time, you you need to do them because it allows you to explore the world, and you get so much out, out of the story, of the narrative out of out of the world, and that is the core of, of the game. Yeah. And so it's in a little bit of a predicament because you want to experience as much of the world as you can, but uh, it can be a little bit boring at times doing that. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a like bit of a tricky one there uh absolutely it's absolutely worth playing uh but it might be one of those situations where you're best off doing what you do with zelda 
where you've got a bit of a guide to tell you where to go mm-hmm. and tell you which one, like what you should be doing, what like just so that you can streamline some of the processes yeah. through the side quest and shit. Because otherwise, to figuring it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, as, as opposed to slowly figuring it out for yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it it's a brilliant game that gets deeper and deeper the more you get into it and. It's uh, actually an interesting contrast to Mario because uh, where Mario failed to incentivize you, um, Nier, I felt, did exactly what it needed to to get you because technically uh, it's the first ending is not the ending and there's more to it after that. But it explicitly explains that and you feel compelled to play, like to go further in anyway. So, um, yeah. Neo Automata is an interesting one to bring up directly after Super Mario Odyssey because of that stark contrast in incentivization. Yep. Um, yeah. Neo. Neo. Um, Neo is the action, again, action RPG type yep. game. I guess expired, inspired by Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, those types of games. Yeah. Um, from uh, Team Ninja, I think, made that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I played a little bit of it, not a lot, because it kept crashing, so... <laughs> um, it's It was such a weird, weird take on the Dark Souls formula, but it, it reinf- like reinforced that concept of Dark Souls as a formula, and it actually nailed the concept of the genre in ways that other games that came out this year, like The Surge, didn't really understand. It, uh, it got the the idea of uh how how dark like how the souls games are horror and hard and how by using uh priority management you can create a sense of tension that um uh, that leads to a greater and enhanced very like enhanced sense of horror and uh yeah it, it did it like really well uh but but it also put its like own twist on it by having like a mission structure and, had an, and, and, and a loot system. Yeah, loot system and going back and, and replaying yeah. the same areas, but with different enemies or or yeah. like different story-based stuff. Um, so it didn't just try to plainly copy no. Dark Souls. It tried to put its own spin on it or do something a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that was one of the things I appreciated the most is that it absolutely tried to uh, amplify the genre, to build on the genre on the trappings of the genre, the souls genre. Uh, and, uh, and it does it pretty well. It doesn't nail it. It's not like flawless. It's not, it's not a souls game. It didn't capture my attention the way the souls games did. I think at the end of the day, the loot, uh, chasing aspects was maybe, uh, an overstep. I don't Mm. think it necessarily fits, uh, with the souls games as, a as game style um i don't think i don't think you can combine the two um but neo really it put in a good punt it had a good punt at doing that and uh yeah it was definitely uh something worth like worth playing i think uh, i don't know if it's probably still worth playing i don't know why you wouldn't still want to play it i had i didn't say it. no i'm pretty sure the one you i think you gave me a disc and it was, the disc was just fucked Right. It wouldn't work at one stage. I was like, I don't know. Excellent. Uh, Cool. All right. Next, Hollow Knight, we already talked about. Resident Evil 7. 
Yeah. So I put Resident Evil on here because we don't really have a category to put it in. Um, you'd probably put this in best in like shooter, but it's not really a shooter. It's more of a, a horror survival game, right? Um, so I think fits a bit more into adventure, adventure game action ish in terms of style, right? It doesn't. We're not doing official fucking voting here. Um, but I thought it deserved to mention. I, I really liked Resident Evil 7. I think it's the best Resident Evil game in, in a number of years. Um, the the third act of that game is a bit of a letdown. It's not as strong as the first and second acts. Um, yep. But I think the atmosphere and the way it tells the story and the horror elements that it does throw in there are executed very well. Um Especially that opening, that opening uh, first like hour is, I think, exceptional. I think it's really good at what it does. Um, having moments of just like you walking around a fucking house and then a dude literally walks through a wall with a chainsaw is just terrifying. Yeah, and really great moments that is technically not scripted. Like that didn't. I know that didn't happen for some people, but I just happened to be in that place at that time where you know it triggered that that thing to happen so um yeah i I really dug that game a lot nice i didn't play it you did not play it okay um and the evil within 2 i also put on here similar sort of thing um i wasn't too much of a fan of the first one but i really dug what they did with the second one um but once you kind of figure out the gameplay mechanics and sort of what the game is doing it starts to again once you progress a bit more through that game uh it's not as strong as the start of it it's um it starts off with this like really big open hub area and it's got some really cool uh really cool like horror elements to it but once you figure out how they're doing those tricks um and then that starts sort of like this waterfall effect of all right you get to the second area and you're seeing the same things over and over again you start to understand how the game is working and um, it doesn't really try to evolve those mechanics, which is a bit disappointing, but um, I really enjoyed what I played from that. So, and the last game here, we got Middle Earth Shadow of War. Um, for me, Tough one. yeah, like I I wasn't a big fan of the first game. I, uh, I don't necessarily agree with some of the changes they made in the second game. I did have fun killing orcs. Yep. But I do feel like it dragged on and they didn't really evolve the formula too much after that first era. It kind of just, it's the same thing over and over again, um, which meant that I got a bit bored of it. Yeah. And never finished it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I didn't finish it. Um, I, yeah, I think I got a bit bored of it as well, to be honest. Uh, I, I got really close to the end before I finished it. I never really felt that I had to buy loot boxes. So I, I, I don't think... Um, yeah, I don't think that really uh, impacts anything or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I did... I loved Killing Orcs. I loved it so much. And I, there was a period where I was logging in to play it for about an hour just to kill some Orcs. Hmm. Uh, but I think in some ways, like Assassin's Creed has sort of usurped that spot for me. Um, and it's not because they're similar. Like the, what I get out of, I don't get the killing orcs thing. 
out of Assassin's Creed because I don't really get into combat because I guess like Jung was saying last week, you know, stealth feels more viable than um, than upfront action does in Assassins. But instead, it's just being in the world. And I think the world of Middle-Earth, Shadow of War, yeah. wasn't as good, wasn't as... Uh, interesting as uh in the first game um yeah yeah. i was gonna say my complaint about the first game was that it was too open and it felt empty um like you're running between these areas and it's just kind of barren open areas and then the second one they've gone in the opposite opposite direction where it's too cluttered there's too much going on the entire time is just orcs everywhere yeah yeah that that's that's it that's definitely it nice yeah. All right. So that's a decent list we've got there. It's a good list. Um, good list of games. There's a hole here. Or wins. <sighs> for me, it's Zelda. It's Zelda for me too. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I want something else to, to beat it. I wanted Horizon Zero Dawn to win, if mm. anything. Uh, because I loved it so much for so long and it wasn't until I yeah I could see through the fucking the tricks once 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 that glass shattered for me it like it, there was no going back really you know and yeah uh, compared to Zelda it's flaws to the flaws for Zelda are all fucking skin deep the like the problems that Zelda has are all fucking inconsequential compared to the depth that it offers, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to ignore as a result. Yeah, and I think this is usually our toughest category as well because there are so many yeah. strong contenders in it. Like there's some really yeah. good games on here. Yeah, there are some crackers. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go with that then. The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild for best action <laughs> slash adventure. With a mix of RPG. Yeah. A little bit. Not not really. A little. A little. Um, all right. Let's go with best strategy puzzle platformer. Last yep. year was Civilization Six. Fuck yeah. Uh, pretty good game. The, the time sync game. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Heroes of the Storm was 2015. Bummer. <laughs> 2014 was Hearthstone. Oh, God. I think this is you these years. You've uh, had a trick in the Kool-Aid. Could Maybe. be Jung, actually. Jung Nep- alt, for sure. Neptune's Pride in 20... 20- no, Neptune's Pride 2 in 2013. I reckon... You remember You remember we used to have to bargain for votes? Yeah. When there were way too many of us on this podcast? Yeah. I reckon this might have been the, the, the ditch category where you're just like, I'll, I'll let Jung have Heroes of the Storm... If I can get him to convince him to like be on my side for something else, <laughs> right here, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, XCOM: Any Man Known in 2012 and Portal 2 in 2011. So let's go through this list. We've got uh, fuck. That is that's a top notch. Those those last two fucking awesome. Anyway, Mario. Um, I don't Mario know Mario Odyssey. We talked about that. Um, Dead Cells on this list. We also talked about Dead Cells. Um, Heat Signature. We already talked about. Needhog. Why is Needhog in here? Platformer, I guess. Sort of. That's my fault. I put it in. Yeah, that's uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Mario Rabbids. Yeah, the uh, the XCOM clone. Yep. 
It's pretty good. It is. It's a pretty good clone. Stupid good. <laughs> it is the best game with Mario in the title out this year. Um, yeah, it's crazy how fucking how enamored I became with this game because I thought I was just gonna play it for a bit and whatever, and then yeah, I don't know. For a while, it was all I played on the toilet, um, which is pretty pretty gross, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It nails that XCOM concept, and like it's definitely baby's first XCOM, like one thousand percent baby's first XCOM. But it's still but challenging. The, the way it, yeah, the way it does it is in a manner that like remains like sorry keeps the challenge from the XCOM games, but loses some of the punishment, I guess. Because there's, there's a lot of punishment in XCOM that leads to the necessity of saves coming. Um, and, like, I say necessity, like, I'm not I'm not playing, I'm not, I don't, like, nobody's ever going to fucking goad me into playing XCOM games without saves coming. It's never going to fucking happen. I don't give a shit. Um, you don't need to in Mario plus Rabbids because you sort of just go back to the start. And there are a couple of, couple of times when you're, like, 10 minutes into some fucking one of the tougher levels and you're like, oh, if I fuck this up, I do not want to go through the last 10 minutes again and you'd love it to save scum. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it is just another 10 minutes and you get back there and you do it and you're done and you sold it. And it is, it's a, be- it's a wonderful blend between puzzle and strategy. Uh, and it does, yeah, it winds up doing it so well. And I mean, I hate the rabbits, but it's a, uh, charming rendition of uh, a, a, bl- a charming blending of Ma- the Mario's world and the Rabbids world. It reminds me a lot of the Paper Mario games with maybe a little less um, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You? Uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I played a bunch of it on like uh, the plane and um, just in front of the TV and that sort of thing. Packs. Because it yeah. came out... Did it come out at PAX? No, that was Mario. That was, yeah. yeah. But I was playing at PAX anyway. Yeah, uh, I did play it at PAX as well. Um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, like, it does some interesting stuff with having different characters in there and uh, abilities and sort of, like, skill tree stuff. Sort of playing it your own way. But, but like, the movement is also... It, it does its own thing with that by having characters being able to jump on top of each other um, and hurt enemies and... Yeah, it's not necessarily just doing what XCON does, but it sort of puts its own twist on it as well. And there's a really good game behind that. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, Glitterman and Grove. Yep. All right. This was... Um, this was a bit of a surprise. It was a bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah, so this was... Was it... Is it Frog Fractions 2? Technically, it is yes but it's not called frog fractions 2 no absolutely not uh a crazy game that started off with you fucking farming fairies in some sort of like clicker like sim it was like a sim building sim strategy clicker fairy game yeah and eventually you dug deep enough to uh open a door and you went through this door and it became a puzzle rpg i guess like uh or like a text 
ASCII. Yeah, yeah ASCII <laughs> fucking roguelike puzzle RPG or something. Uh, lunacy, utter lunacy. Um, it's and then like capture, all these mini games. Yeah, a lot of mini games. It didn't capture my attention the way Frog Fractions did. Um, I, maybe Frog Fractions was lightning in a bottle, but this came very close. It came very close to just blowing me away, I think. And then again, it was one of those things where like, I stopped playing for a bit. I think I mm. was playing it at my brother's place. So I was up visiting for a couple of days and I was playing it there with him. And when I came back, I'd forgotten some critical piece because as you play it more, you learn elements of the game and I'd forgotten some element and I couldn't work out how to do it again. Yeah. And I couldn't bear to go like start over or continue to try to work it out or whatever. And so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Cuphead. Uh, I think I've seen here for platforming. Sure. Uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Uh, next one is Cluster Truck, which you talked about already. Yeah, I shifted it down here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, love Cluster Truck. Um, yeah, great. Like, just a great game. The way it allows you to control the passage of time and shit like that makes it feel like you are in full command of what's going to happen next. And then every single time you find out very quickly that you are not. Yeah. It's cool stuff. All right. Where are we going with this list? I don't there's, know. There's a couple on here. It's going to be a tough one. I think we I think we can nail it down to three. Yep. Uh, Cuphead. Nope. <laughs> All right. Dead Cells, Heat Signature, and Mario. Yeah, Mario Rabbids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be happy to, to, uh, I guess, go Dead Cells or Mario and Rabbids. Because I know you haven't played Heat Signature. Um, uh, Heat Signature is fucking amazing, and it's absolutely worth the price of entry, and I love that I played it, but uh, I know you haven't played it. So it's a bit hard for you to vote on that one. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Dead Cells, to be honest. That's what I think. Yep. Is Dead Cells out or are we, gonna, are we okay with that? It being out of access? I think, I think it is in a state that it is seems finished to me. highly playable. Yeah. Uh, and and it, could only, it will only get better from here. Yeah. Has an um, ending. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with Dead Cells then. Dead Cells it is. Yeah. Dead Cells, best strategy puzzle platformer, 2017. Or, and probably nice. 2018. Oh. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, best shooter. So last year was Battlefield 1, which is justifiable. I think it's a pretty good shooter. Um, I don't agree with their DLC structure, but maybe they'll fix that at one stage. Yeah. 2015 was... Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, fantastic game. Far Cry 4 in 2014, Bioshock Infinite in 2013, also game of the year. Borderlands 2 in 2012, and Battlefield 3 in 2011. A lot of good games there. Awesome Um, games. Holy shit. Some of them we are still playing, like Battlefield 1 and Rainbow Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's start off with the top. We've got Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein 2. I, I didn't play it. And I wasn't a fan of the shooting. 
Yeah, I didn't play it because uh, when I, uh, the two times I played it in previews, I felt like there was a bit of input lag, uh, which I felt was very infuriating. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if it carried across to the final game. I fucking hope it didn't. But uh, I didn't have a really good um, experience, and so I didn't really want to go back into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and it, I it, guess at the end of the day, it's a linear fucking story-driven whatever well, action adventure. So. Not necessarily. There are there are missions in there that you can go and do in, um, like, uh, go find generals, and there's, like, a map, um, and, like, a hub world and that sort of thing. Is there? There's, there's a submarine that you can sort of walk around, and there's uh, different areas you can kind of go do missions in, um, like side quest stuff. And there's a map that you unlock towards the end of the game that allows you to go back to other areas and uh, kill generals or kill different types of um, enemies. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to play it then. I oh, feel- God. <laughs> yeah. I, like, it's not as deep as what it sounds. It's pretty much just go to this area and kill two dudes or kill these people. It's not like a whole... Like, you, you're visiting places you've already been. Right. It just tries to do a bit more than the linear stuff. But, like, the story the story is really interesting. I like the way they try and tell it. The music's a lot of fun. Um, sort of, like, the, the art direction is, is really cool. It's just, for me, the shooting was not great. And a lot of people say, play this game on easy. Um, yeah. And I feel like maybe that's why the shooting's not great. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just... I, I don't... I wasn't a fan of that shooting part. But the rest of it is really cool. Yeah. Um, Prey. I mean... What a fucking game. It's crazy that it's we've gotten this far into this list and we have only just arrived here. But Prey was, at the start of the year, for me, like, a sure thing for Game of the Year. It's like earlier this year, it felt like there was no way any other game could be so could could outdo Prey. Uh, it, the way, like, oh god, systems again, but systems, the way it used its systems to create this sense of like power and vulnerability at the same time to imbue you with this idea that you are capable of almost anything and yet very, very easy, easily killed, uh, meant that it, it, it was you, like it, you felt like you were exploring this space station, this abandoned space station and anything could be around the corner and your death could be around the corner. You're, your next fucking heroic event could be around the corner. And again, you know, the cascading list of priorities leads to the situation where you, you experience pro- like tension that leads to actual terror. And yeah, it was just, it's system shock. It's a system shock game and it felt spectacular. Uh, it felt really good. It was plagued by bugs. I know this. I know absolutely. And I just don't care. Hmm. I 100% don't give a fuck about bugs because they didn't impact the overarching experience that I had with it, which yeah. was this, yeah, it told it told a great story that I felt resolved well that I know you don't agree on. <laughs> and yeah. um, 
yeah i like i loved all the characters i thought they were all really well voice acted and um written and you know people felt multi-dimensional uh even like super basic side characters with the exception of like one or two who were just sort of caricature caricaturesque yep um yeah the rest felt multi-dimensional they didn't feel like they were just like loony bin assholes out to fuck with you for the sake of fucking with you they felt actually you know um like they had some depth and there was some reasoning behind what they were doing and yeah uh and the best opening of the year and the best opening of the year what a fucking what a start holy shit and the, that music holy shit yeah it had great soundtracks as well yeah good soundtrack fantastic graphics the whole fucking bit yeah amazing game yeah for yeah. me I think I, I enjoyed for the most part is the ending that really let me down I, I yeah. just wish there was more there was something to it yeah yeah uh, alright Sniper Elite 4 Sniper Elite 4 um, there's a lot of shooting in that game yes uh, it was actually a little bit of de- uh, let down to me to be honest um, mostly because it was like the biggest maps that they've ever had and they felt really awesome to explore but the AI was still as dumb as it has ever been and that was really quickly apparent that like if if like compare it to horizon zero dawn i must have been about 50 hours into that game before the veil shifted and the fucking the ai was exposed to me but in sniper elite 4 it was fucking it was like bing bang oh fuck these dudes know exactly where i am at all times unless they're outside like they're in a different zone technically and it sort of makes all of the maps feel a lot smaller than they are, which is a bit of a shame because they put some fucking proper effort into those maps. They look gorgeous. They're massive. And um, when the illusion is still available, you feel like, you know, you take a shot from fucking as far as you can um, and you nail, you nail some dude and you feel like fucking ball of sniper. And it does it in slow motion and it travels for so long and it cracks into him. And you're like, fuck yes. That was awesome. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was cool. It was really cool. But I think they need to stop doing World War II. I think it's time to shift to a different time period. Space. Yep, space snipers. That's what. I, that's exactly space what snipers. I was about to say. Yep. Yep. All right. Um... PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is in here as well. That's there's shooting in that game. That's a shooter. Interesting. Uh, yes. We already talked about that. We talked about that. Destiny Two. Yes. Why is this on the list? Is it's where we shooter? Or do we feel like there weren't enough shooters? <laughs> there weren't enough shooters. Yeah, I think Destiny we set our feelings about this. Like, it's fucking garbage. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, I dug. I dug this game. I feel like the um, the biggest letdown for me was the amount of variety there yep. was to do in the world. Um, like this, this huge, like enormous open world environment with tons of missions, but a lot of the missions felt very samey. Are uh, doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was it. And you know, like one of the sorry, you keep going. I keep no, no, it's fine. Like, like I was, all I was gonna say is we spent so much time playing that game in co op and a lot of fun, but. 
at the end of the day, it's 40 hours of doing the same sort of mission over and over again with not a great story. Like we would skip the story stuff and yeah. it wasn't as compelling. And it, and it's just shooting AI, right? It's not it's not like a wish going after other, you know, 100 other players on the map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely it though. Like it's like we my what I remember fondly of Ghost Recon Wildlands, apart from Predator, uh, is one hundred one thousand percent like when we were making our own fun. When we were when we would stop playing the missions and we'd start doing goofy shit. We'd fly a helicopter up as far as we could and we'd see who could get the furthest by like floating or uh we'd see who could base jump off the highest point or we could see we'd see who could get the longest sniper shot or stuff like that we'd create our own fun because at the end of the day it was just doing the same thing over and over again and that's like oh the fucking races in cars we had were fucking hilarious like spectacular idiotic as balls but like so much fun and that to me, I think, uh, was the essence of what made Ghost Recon Wildlands great. And ultimately, that wasn't what they thought the game was about. That's not what Ghost Recon thought it was about. You know, that was, we made it something else, which is, I guess, why when you, you were saying, talking about mod tools, if it had mod tools, that game would be a fucking an unstoppable force. It would be stupid how many people bought it because it would already have the goofiest stupidest fucking mods available but it doesn't so a bit of a bit of a disappointment yeah anyway yeah. all right that's the list so what's our runner up um well, i think we have to go pray i think so yeah obviously the winner is player unknown's battlegrounds yeah Obviously, that sounds so disappointing. No, it's just like there's no surprise this year. <laughs> there is no surprise. <laughs> We've literally been talking about this game. I since yeah, March. I don't know how we could do 100 fucking episodes on basically one game and not have it win. Um, yeah. All okay. Right. RPG. RPGs. Role playing game. Um, we've got last year was Dark Souls three. Um, the year before that was The Witcher. And Bloodborne? Oh, yeah. Yep. Looks like it's a tie. Yep. That must have been a good fight. Yep. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls 2 in 2014, Pokemon in 2013, Mass Effect 3 in 2012, and Skyrim in 2011. So, oh, man. I bet I fought hard against Skyrim. Um, <laughs> fucking The Witcher 3 was you and me. Yeah. And Bloodborne was Jung and Nate. I think you say this every year. <laughs> That is amazing. That is amazing. That's crazy. Oh my god! I can't believe. I'm just shocked. Nate with, went with Bloodborne. Yeah, and we must have there. That must. I think. Have been I think John convinced Nate. It must have been one of those bargains we were talking about before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goals. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, where are we? So this year, Nia Automata, Persona Five. Persona Five. We've talked about. Um, yeah, man. Like, Persona 5 was one of those games that I heard a lot of people talking about, saying awesome RPG. And I'm not... I don't necessarily... Well, I don't. I don't play JRPGs 
really at all. The, the yep. closest sort of stuff I come to is Pokemon, the Pokemon games, um, Final Fantasy. But, like, those... Like, Final Fantasy, Pokemon are still very, like, catered towards the Western audience as well. Um, yeah. Whereas Persona 5 is... Uh, it's pretty pretty Japanesey, bro. Um, and I I really enjoyed it. I, I think there's extremely deep game. The RPG elements are really strong. Um, the story's interesting. Uh, the characters are really engaging. The gameplay elements are they're, they're deep. There's like stuff you do between days. Um, you know, building up like to the final battle. You've got you've got a time limit on what you need to do, but it doesn't feel like you're constrained like a um, like Dead Rising like Dead Rising where you're feeling rushed all the time yeah um, this feels like you've actually got the time to go in there and do it which is which is really good so I, I never felt like I was oh shit I, I, I'm running out of time I'm not gonna get this done type stuff um, yeah. and then there's, there's like puzzle elements in there in the dungeons and um, there's just so many layers and, and depth to it that I was quite surprised how much I did enjoy that game so yeah um Really, really good game. South Park, The Fractured Butthole. I I enjoyed this. Um, I don't think it was as strong as... Like, the last game was such a big surprise, right? The first yeah. South Park RPG. We, we, we expected um, not much from it. And it came out and was like, this is actually really good. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way I feel about this game. Like, it's really good. And they expand on it, upon it anymore. But... It's not uh, like it hasn't blown me away. It's just doing yeah. more of the same and doing it really well still. Um, and even though they've evolved the combat, I don't think it like there's still ways to go for it. I, like I played that game on hard. I bumped the difficulty up because I was finding it way too easy. Yeah. Um, and even then, it still felt uh, like not much of a challenge. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with most of that. I don't agree with playing it on hard, but. Um yeah, I agree with most of that. Uh, I liked it a lot when I started playing the correct South Park. Um, up until that point, I felt like it was extremely <laughs> identical to the first game. But um, once I started playing South Park, the Fractured Butthole, instead of the first game, it didn't feel like the first game at all, which was, was a good change. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I think it. I think we talked about it before, right? There was another game that sort of suffered from the same, like, problem. Uh, Nidhogg, I think, right? In that the first game came out of nowhere and was so staggeringly, surprisingly awesome uh, that this one being good uh, was is ultimately just a like, well, being as good is just not that great, I guess, you know, and um, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a great game. It's just yeah, yeah it's hard to compete with the rose-colored version of the first game. Mm-hmm. Even if I did play 6 hours of it before I played this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Divinity Divinity, the other original Sin 2. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess we it. just put this on cuz you, you're too shit at it. Cuz I'm too terrible. Um, I thought we just mentioned that at least. I have not gone back to it. I just don't have the time at the moment. Because um, you're a scrub lord. A filthy casual. You're a filthy casual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's appropriate to have it on the list. 
at the very least, just if only to recognize that you are a filthy casual. Yeah. Uh, Prey, you didn't want this to be in the RPG category, but um, I, I demanded it. This is um, not an RPG. What are you t- I don't know. I, you snuck it back on here. It's not an RPG. It's a... It's a- <laughs> You're playing a role as Morgan Yu. <laughs> this is this is a game where you roll. Let me play. What does Wikipedia say? So yes. it is a role-playing game. <laughs> That's not how this works. First <laughs> first-person shooter. It says it's a God shooter. God damn it! God damn it! Wasn't it in the shooter category? Yes, it was. was What are you doing? I just wanted to win something. It couldn't win shooter. It can't win shooter. But it could win RPG, couldn't what it? If, if finally we squeezed it into that category. Best new IP. <laughs> no, that's no. not not But it's the first prey job. Oh, of course. Oh, oh that's a good point. Yeah. Um Final yeah. Fantasy fifteen. Yep. Um Did you play it? No. No. Uh I enjoyed what I played, but I stopped playing because the camera was balls when I was playing it. Up Sounds until a point. Good. So I stopped at that part, but it's a game I definitely want to get back to. I thought the combat was really, uh, again, like they change the combat in those games every time they release a new one. Yep. And it always astounds me how like they can just go, oh, we, fuck it. We're going to do combat this way now. Um, that is how it, the games were. Yeah. And it usually, they usually pull it off. Um, so yeah, that's on that list. And so is Neo. We put Neo on here because that's a bit more, um, you know, it's RPG. It's a, it's a Souls-inspired game, so it's RPG. Yep. All right, what are we going for on this list? Near Automata. Near Automata. Yeah. Mm. It's tough, because I know you haven't played them. This, this, no, I've played Neo. Have you? Yeah. Oh, then yeah, yeah. Near Automata. What the fuck? I, I really like Persona a lot. I, think I haven't played good. Persona. Well, that's and your also, you're a weeb. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's yeah, it's between Neo Persona. Pre- yeah, okay. Pre- shouldn't be here. I don't know why it's still here, Joe. What is going on? I'm deleting it. But well, it could be Prey. Could oh. be Prey. Could have been. Um, South Park, I like, but it's too samey for me. Yep, it's got to be Neo. All right, let's go with Neo then. It's got to be Nia. Yeah. Look, have, have you finished it? No. You got to finish it. Finish it and play it through again. And you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll totally get it. You'll be happy with this decision. Yeah. And don't, and I'm never playing Persona, so don't even ask. Um, Steam says I've played 60 minutes, which is completely wrong. I know yeah, I've played it's got me. Yeah, it's got me wrong as well, I think. I don't, I don't think that one, I don't think it, registers time correctly yeah on that one yeah but yeah all right next next up is best portable slash web-based game last year right. was none because mm-hmm. we didn't play anything that we thought we'd put up here um the year before that was Zedtown outbreak sydney <laughs> in 2015 okay. oh how the mighty have fallen yeah. Uh, Hearthstone in 2014, Neptune's Pride 2 in 2013, and Kingdom Rush in 2012. Kingdom Rush. How good's Kingdom Rush? It's pretty good. I might play Kingdom Rush again. Um, yeah, okay. Um, it turns out the Switch is a portable <laughs> console, and so I have nominated Zelda as the best game of the year. 
for for a portable game what about mario and rabbits zelda is better than mario and rabbits all right well do we have to go any further then we do not let's move on all right zelda <laughs> breath of the wild <laughs> bingo bango sweet easy category and next up is best new ip last year was dead by daylight um a horror iso not isometric asymmetrical a multiplayer game uh the year before that was 2015 bloodborne the yep. evil within in 2014 Ow. i think that was nate and steve farrelly sounds uh, like oh uh, yeah yeah it must have been or john 2013 was the last of us dishonored was in 2012 and la noir in 2011 yeah 2011 and 2012 we were fucking we were on top of shit eh fuck <laughs> yeah so good and then we brought um, Farrelly in and yeah Jesus. What, what happened it's a rough one um, I alright um, best new IP what do we got here in the list we've all we've talked about all these before alright uh, let's first up, Battlegrounds yeah brand new IP that's correct yes it is Horizon Zero Dawn Hollow Knight Pyre and Dead Cells I'm gonna pitch that Horizon wins this and I'll tell you why. I don't think there will be a PUBG 2. Or if there is, it's in eight years. And I don't think the fr- like it spawns a franchise. I understand that there's 15 fucking mobile games coming out in China. But uh, I don't think that as an IP, Battlegrounds is uh, that monumental. Whereas Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, is the dawn of something special. Hmm. Yeah. Or it's just PUBG. I don't know. Do you think there will be a... Let's go back to this list. Z-Town Outbreak. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, this no, is... No, you're looking at the wrong one. Right. Dead by Daylight, Bloodborne, The Evil Within, The Last of Us, Dishonored, and L.A. Noir. These all had no. sequels except for L.A. Noir and Dead by Daylight. True. Um, yeah, but, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Dead by, Dead by Daylight winning really points to... PUBG should be winning. <laughs> it does, to be honest, it? it does. It, it, it is a does. multiplayer game. Um, yeah. And Dead by Daylight is one of those games as well where they kept adding stuff to it, like all the different killers and like Freddy Krueger came out like two months ago. Yep. Um, they're still updating that. So, yeah. I mean... PUBG is going to, uh, I would guess, be getting new maps. Like, it's going to be one of those games like Counter-Strike, right? Counter-Strike has gotten to a place where there's... They're not really sequels, but they keep porting yeah. it to new systems and there's a new Counter-Strike. And they happening. build it out and grow it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is something we didn't even talk about. Like, there was a rumor about a fucking Battle Royale Counter-Strike mode coming. There was, soon. yeah. Um... Yeah. Like someone did a whole thing on it. But anyway. Um, it's yeah, a year. Okay. Like, I, it's PUBG. Yeah. Is it PUBG? PUBG? Yeah. Okay. Very close runner up for Horizon, I think. But yeah, from the perspective of what is the best new IP out this year, obviously it's PUBG. Um, if you look at the uh, Steam page, they've got a countdown now. Oh. If you refresh out. your Steam page, there's a countdown at the top. It's got. Uh, how long till PUBG's release? Amazing. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
Tomorrow, tomorrow. What's the biggest disappointment of 2017? Biggest disappointment of, well, let's, you're going too far. Hey, we got to talk last year, Joe. Last oh, year sorry. was Mafia th- 3. Yep. Um, the year before that was Batman Arkham Knight in 2015, Destiny in 2014, SimCity <laughs> in 2013, Diablo 3 in 2012, and then there was a three way tie in a three-way 20, tie. 2011, <laughs> Spider Man Edge. Edge of Time, yep, I think that's about right. Madden 12 and Rage. Um, yeah, there's some stuff on here. Uh, like Diablo got turned around. Yeah, it did. A lot. Yep. <laughs> Which is good. That's about it. But the rest of this stuff. Oh, I think yeah. uh, I know who my win is going to be. But let's go through. We got Battlefront 2. Um, yep. Obviously, a lot of problems there. Staggering oh. amounts of problems. Like, problems that were deeper than just the loot box thing. Uh, there were problems with, like, the actual, set, like, construction of the game itself, the way it's set out. It doesn't incentivize uh, team play. It incentivizes killing people, which is just, uh, like, fucking rookie mistake from DICE, and they shouldn't be making that sort of shit happen. Hmm. Yeah. The single player too. wasn't executed very well at all. Or it's heard. Yeah. Um, for Honor... The Ubisoft's uh, fighting game. I actually never had high expectations for this, but I know people did, and uh, and it released in a state that was just dog shit, which yeah. is particularly galling because they knew they should have known better. Rainbow Six Siege should have shown them better, yeah. and they didn't learn anything from it, which is... And again, they're in this spot where they're trying to fix it, right? They're, they're yeah. trying to release dedicated servers on the PC, Um but I think it's too late for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it gets rehabilitated. Oh. Uh, NBA 2K18. Fuck. Uh, yeah. We've spoken about this, but I'm I am actually gutted by this. Uh, Lawbreakers. I don't know if... I don't know. Don't, doesn't there have to be hype for disappointments? I think Nate was hype, like, hyping it up a bit. That's true. Yeah. It was. I, I, I can understand why as well. There was... It was actually pretty cool, um, but yeah, really, you needed a, a robust population, and I don't, I don't know how they ever thought they were going to get one. They were, they were squished in between games with better marketing, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I think the biggest mistake for them was they, like, there wasn't much noise about that game when it did come out they 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 went for streamers and twitch people so the twitch people streamed their game for a week and then went on to the next thing yeah there were no reviews out like they didn't get any access to media for that it was just like yeah they were too concerned about getting viewers in front of it and then nobody wanted to play it because there wasn't any information out there it was um yeah i think that was a also a PR issue as well. Well, I think Cliffy B has a bit of a contentious relationship with PR, mm. or at least he sees, he feels that he does. And uh, sorry, not with PR, with the media. And uh, so I think he feels like, you know, maybe he could uh, like remove himself from that yep. ecosystem. Uh, but I think that was a mistake. Yep. Destiny 2 is If here you as well. are disappointed, if you are disappointed by Destiny 2, oh my lord. That's by being like getting slapped in the face 400 times and then being disappointed that you got slapped in the face 
a 401 times. Disappointed like, by 2014's Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, in some ways, it should win. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the biggest disappointment then, and it's basically the fucking same now. Uh, but in other ways... I'll tell you yeah. what they did, though. They did fool me once. <laughs> yeah, that's, and true, they, that's true. And then they fooled me again. Because I was so hyped for this again. I was like, nah, they're going to they're gonna fix it. They've dork. learned everything. And I played Such through it. And it had, again, it's like got good shooting. But then just like none of it matters in the end. Like it all comes yeah. down to who's got whatever gun. And then like they just rolled back a patch this week because they fucked up a gun. Yeah. And it ruined the game. Classic. Um, and then locking content behind DLC. Uh, like already existing content that was in the game that's now been locked out for people. Yeah. Uh, just like terrible decisions. It's such a weird concept. They they've turned around a game like Diablo and it's the same studio. Well, not the same studio, but like under the same publisher and they can't go over there and be like, hey, let's figure out this loot system and all this gear and how to get it to work properly. And they just can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing on the list is Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Um, man, I tried. I tried so hard to like this game. I put so many hours into it. And there's just so much jank there that is... Like, you, did you play it at all? Only at a preview event where yeah. I believe, I recall, calling that it was in trouble from the get-go. So. Yeah. I, um... I played a lot of it. I, I I wanted to I wanted to finish it. I never did. I played so much of it trying to get through that story, and yeah. um, it just couldn't it couldn't drag me through it at the end. There's so many issues with that game, um, and I I think that it wins this category. You think it wins? I think it wins. Like the Mass Effect trilogy as a whole is pretty good, and for them to come out and be like, "All right, we're doing we're doing a brand new." trilogy and you put your expectations as high as what mass effect was and then for them to come out with this um it's pretty pretty disappointing okay fair enough uh there is one mass effect game on our previous lists but there are (laughs) is there yeah mass effect 3 uh best rpg yeah but i think that was because of the story right like the way the story no 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 disappointment list oh okay. right. we, we did a fucking two hour long podcast defending that ending yeah um but there's there's it was best RPG uh yep. the year it came out but there's two NBA games on our list uh NBA 2K14 NBA 2K13 yeah but- uh NBA games have repeatedly uh to me uh, been strong contenders for sports game of the year and this game I played for a few hours and never wanted to play again yeah then uh, like uh, NBA 2K18 is my biggest disappointment I think far and away I think for me though the basketball side of it is still good that's true it's the stuff that's they they sh- all of it around it yeah around it that's like oh why is this even here like me and you could fire up 
NBA 2K18 and play as our teams. Like, you could go as the Cavs, I'll go as Lakers, and we'll have fun. Yep. You won't have fun because you'll get fucking smashed. But right. I'll have fun. We'll see. It's the, <laughs> the things we're talking about are the my player mode yeah, in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, like, I've, I, over the years, I've started, like, diving into some of those other things, like the my team stuff, and that's fun. That doesn't yep. rely on the, um, while the VC stuff is still there, you can play uh, like the the mode by doing uh, like milestones or challenges and beating them and getting more cards and building your team up, um, as opposed to playing my player and feeling like you're not really getting any progress done because you're earning 300 points in a match and then that doesn't really get you much. You've got to do three matches or three games and then you can up your rebounds by one point and you don't see that sort of um it doesn't seem like you're making any progress um but you know what i mean right i feel like the basketball part of it is really good whereas when i look at uh mass effect it's just like the entire thing is just a giant mess yeah no i agree i like you're 100 right like the basketball portion is it's, it's actually the best it's ever been so yeah yeah maybe Actually, to be honest, maybe we just need to play some basketball. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> just play normal basketball. I'll come around at three on New Year's Eve and we'll get fucking hammered and just play, <laughs> play basketball. the basketball. All right, yeah. let's do that. Awesome. All right. Excellent. Mass Effect One last Andromeda. category. Yep. One last category is the biggest craze in gaming. Last year was uh, paying for early access, yep. which is weird <laughs> because uh, no. now we're all about it. We're fucking um, well into it. We fixed it. I think the issue with paying for early access is more along the lines of um, really not understanding the like that that was like paying to get the game early. Um, yeah. Like EA was doing it. Like, hey, if you give us money, you get to pay for um, you know one week early. Yeah, you know what I mean. This, I don't think this was early access games. Um, or betas or anything like that. It was more or less like, hey, we started to see that if you give us this, if you buy this Ultimate Edition, you'll get to play Forza Horizon a week and a half early. It was, it was that thing. Does that sound familiar? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is exactly it. All right. Um, we've got two things in here at the moment. One of them no, is- prior, prior to that, okay. so that was paying for early access in 2016, the oh, modification yeah. of games in 2015, Streaming, aka Twitch, in 2014. Uh, Companion second screen apps in 2013. Kickstarter in 2012, and Dubstep in 2011. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. interesting part of this is uh, Dubstep is is completely gone. Uh, <laughs> Kickstarter is still around. Yep. Companion second screen screen apps are they're gone. Dead. Twitch is yep. still here. Moba games they're everywhere. Yeah. And obviously paying for early access is sort of still around but in a different form this year it's it's more like um like ea's that uh program that still there it's not individually buying stuff um i think microsoft did a little bit this year but they didn't have many games so it's really ea and microsoft that are kind of doing it yeah yeah all right so there's um i feel like there's only one we're in this list but we'll talk about the other one (laughs) battle royale I guess it was a good craze in gaming. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a bad craze. Twitch wasn't a bad craze. No. Mobification of games isn't a bad craze. Kickstarter's not a bad craze. This We're just talking about what captured the zeitgeist 
of the yep. year. And I think Battle Royale certainly did. It certainly captured ours. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, well, it wasn't just us, right? 20, how many million? 20 something million? Yeah. 20 something million people. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, a, lot, a like, lot of dough. We got a press release today or yesterday about PUBG on Xbox. A million sales already. Yeah. Like it's it's doing pretty well. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And that's and it's bad. So consider that. Think about that. It's bad. And it's well, they've, they've put Australian servers up. Like I said. It's still bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be better now that they've got Australian servers up there. Yeah, maybe. I I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I think this is the year that we start. Like MOBA games, we're going to start seeing Battle Royale games. We're already seeing it with, with Fortnite coming out and uh, um, a few other things sort of being whispered about but next year will be when CSGO I've heard rumors of a fucking battle net one yeah okay so maybe next year's battle royale year of the loot box year of the loot box it's less that it's this year is the year of the loot box and more the year the loot box bubble burst fucked everybody yeah uh yeah and uh in that sense this absolutely was the year uh, of the loot box because yeah there's no going back now. Everyone's aware. Everyone's very aware of how insidious loot box uh, loot boxes have become in video games, and you can't really escape it anymore. Um, which is a good thing because I I hate them. Hmm. I stopped playing Overwatch because of them, and uh, yeah, I've been pretty bad. I'm not like it's not like a fucking hard and fast rule. I'll still play a lot of games that have them, but uh, yeah, I've been yeah I don't know. Yeah, and once they become too like present to my game experience, I'll generally stop playing again. Uh, like I hope that the EA example, like Battlefront Two, kind of died for this for the the loot box. Yeah, um, and I hope that this is kind of you know other publishers will look at this and be like, oh, okay, we can't we can't do this anymore because we saw it. Like Battlefront Two is the biggest example, but hopefully NBA Two K looks at that. Yeah. yeah, and like they got a lot of flack this year for their VC, which is technically loot box stuff. Um, it was in Shadow of of Mordor, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. Um, Shadow. Yeah, that was in there in terms of like buying orcs to defend your base. But yeah. the thing was, it, that was a multiplayer component. Like you would, other people would come and try and take your fortress, and if you had better um, orcs to defend it, then you know that's good for you or, or or go attack other people that's a weird weird line as well um you know the forza stuff you talked about just this this is kind of becoming a bit of a problem like it was showing up everywhere and yeah like someone was going to fuck it up at some stage and yeah ea did it with with battlefront um in a really bad way because it was literally pay to win and that's the worst type <laughs> yeah absolutely it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, Fuck loot boxes. And I think it wins. It does. It does win. I think you're the loot box wins. Yep. All right. That's our individual individual categories. Dope. Sweet. What do we do now? Do we want to do questions? Do questions and then our top fives? Yeah, let's do that. All right. We'll do Discord first. No, let's do email. We had an email that we missed. Yep. Um, we're very sorry, Clinton. Um Clinton writes, happy 400. 
Hi, Luke and Job, and any guests that may or may not be present. Congratulations on 400 episodes. While I can't say I've listened to them all, I could probably say I've listened to most of them. Thanks for keeping me informed and, most importantly, entertained over the many years. I also have a question. Oh, first of all, thank you, Clinton. That's awesome. Um, we're glad to have entertained you and maybe slightly informed you. Um, I also have a question. There have been many innovations in game controller design, D-pads, ergonomics, analog sticks, triggers, rumble, trackpads, wireless and detachable controllers, to name a few. What innovation would you like to see in game controllers next? Uh, as I type this, it is 40.4 degrees outside and 33 inside. Oh, my God. As someone who has spent their life with inadequate cooling where I play games, I'd like to see a controller with fans built into the hand grips to keep my palms cool and sweat free. Here's to another 400 episodes. Cheers, Clinton. Any thoughts on a uh, dope innovation for game controllers, Luke? What would you like to see? No, if, I, you- if I had innovations i'd be rich um now that kind of room like i play with a mouse pad that is um it's not cloth it's a steel pad um so i sometimes get like sweat underneath like on the mouse pad and then and then that kind of rubs on the mouse and i can feel it i'm like oh my hands are a bit sweaty because like it's fucking hot at the moment it's hot as balls it is hot and it's raining outside which doesn't make any sense even worse yeah um my fan has literally been on for the entire week just yep. while I sit here yeah it's hot um Shit's hot. did he yeah. say stupid inventions or just anything that we want to see any inven- innovation yeah I I don't know if I want an innovation but I'd like to see uh the joystick come back in, in PC gaming like I had a little bit of time with um some of the space sims but yep. I want to see Elite. more games yeah like Elite Dangerous um Hopefully, eventually, the Robert Space Industries game will come out and there'll be some sort of game there uh, that I'll get to use, like, another, you know, flight stick for. But, yeah, I'd like to see some more flight stick games or something sort of come with that. Yep. Like, like, mine's got stupid amounts of buttons on it. Ridiculous yeah. amount of buttons. But um, I, I don't know what, what else I'd like to see sort of be invented. I'm pretty happy with where we're at. Do you remember the Dreamcast used to have that memory card that had a screen on it? And you, you like, have a game that you could play on the memory card that was separate to the other game, and you could do stuff with that? Man, what if they brought something back like that? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? What if, they, what if you could slot your phone into your controller and then use that as a second screen app? Yeah. That's, do, you, do you think we'll ever get the holodeck? The holodeck? Yeah. Uh, do you think it'll ever malfunction and the things will come alive? If 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 we do get a holodeck, yeah. it will definitely malfunction. Yours might. No, all of them will. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It, it'll be, as soon as you get cum in the wiring, they'll start to <laughs> malfunction. And seeing how they'll all be jam-packed full of cum, uh, yeah, it's probably going <laughs> to malfunction a lot. So. Fair enough. Yeah, that's weird. What, all right, man. You can literally fuck any lady from history. You may as well fuck all of them. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Why would you ever exit the holiday? Except when you had to wipe down the loads. Um, yeah. Good question, Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the answer I was expecting. Weird space with it, I guess. Uh, 
No, good stuff. Thank you for congratulating us on 400 episodes. Everyone, we, we had a bunch of people congratulate us. Congratulate us. Um, and, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. I'm stoked we made 400. It's epic. Um, we got more questions on Discord. You can ask us questions on Discord. Um, Miracle writes, if each one of you were a game, who would win Game of the Year? Oh, boy. It's a tough one. If it was best shooter, it'd be me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I feel like maybe. It, oh, maybe. I'm just saying maybe. Like, like, is it that, don't people want more from a shooter? Isn't there like you, you, sure mechanics are good? Like maybe the best pinpoint accuracy, but you know there's not a lot of depth there. <laughs> Hey, I do a lot of shit. One dimension. You're hiding in a fucking corner. It's not depth. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of depth. Um, How many times have you ever fucking beeped a horn, flipped the car, jumped out of it, and murdered two guys? (laughs) Zero. Like, yeah, but those are unreasonable expectations. Uh, You know, but like, I don't know. I'm doing shit you've never seen before, Job. In terms of (laughs) just sheer jobiness though I feel like I have you beat alright really it's a tough one uh, probably a split vote 50-50 sounds 50, like 50-50 yeah. yep yeah. Uh, good question Miracle um, <laughs> I really you know I had to I had to be reminded that I'm a shit a worse shooter than Luke today so it's handy that you uh, helped out in that facet uh, Daniel's right ho 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 Luke and Jawbertsky just two questions today. Oh, only two. Um, what do you think is a great game to give as a Christmas present? My personal opinion is that Jack 2 is the ideal gift. It has action, driving, collectibles, guns, action, otzels, yellow hair, and most importantly, action. Which of these features are your favorites? Fellow gappers can feel free to answer as well. Farewell. Dang. I mean, I do like action, but I think action is also really good. So... There's those two, and it's not, you know, I think you can't forget, importantly, action, uh, which is also really up there. Um, in terms of features that are my favorites, I'd probably say action first, action second, and then action third. So with that in mind, the great, the ideal Christmas gift that is a video game uh, would probably be Slitherio. <laughs> okay. It's, it's all action. It's 1,000% action. Action, action, action. It fills all three categories uh, that I look for in a video game. And it's free, which is most important, to be honest. Um, yeah. Luke, any thoughts? Cool. No, no. Let's let's leave this one to the audience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dr. E3 Money writes, Drew writes, just making sure Job doesn't forget his line. I was listening. Why would you write this? Why would you write that? Like, that's... It's too meta. Um, I was listening to last week's pod on Christmas shopping today, and during the PUBG hour, Luke mentioned that 
most of the top Aussie PUBG players were older than their overseas counterparts. This got me thinking about what it takes to be a pro. I know the accepted wisdom is that younger people have faster or more twitch muscle fiber, making for better reflexes, etc. But I got to wondering if perhaps the prevalence of younger pros might have more to do with time than the difference between a 17-year-old's reflex and a 30-year-old's. My theory is that we see a lot of younger pros simply because it's easier for a dedicated young person to find the time to hone their naturally natural innate talent to the pro level. Younger people, teens, etc., are generally living at home. They have school, etc., but after that are largely commitment-free so they can more easily put in the hours needed to get good, get really good at a game. The older you get, the more life gets in the way. Jobs take up more time than school. Relationships, families, etc., this little list goes on. It's much harder for an adult, even for one such as us who regularly play hours each day, to put in enough play time to get to an elite level. So now that esports is exploding, the prize pools are increasing, and not just in higher value tournaments, but in the number of tournaments, etc., that perhaps we'll see will we see a shift in age, more money and more opportunity to make money playing esports will attract more people but it will also mean more mid and lower level pros will be able to make a living and support themselves through esports meaning that people as they age will be able to stay pro for longer thoughts interesting thought process but consider this uh if you want to be good at sports generally you have to start at a super young age and that's not because uh you know, people who are younger are better at sports. A lot of the best, play, like sports people, don't reach their peak until they're, you know, past twenty-five. Um, you know, for LeBron, the peak he's going to reach his peak, I think, around thirty-nine at this stage. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like you think about that. They but they've been playing. They've been playing hardcore from a very young age, and they haven't reached their peak until you know well into their 20s and uh i think what what we're looking at at the moment is the fact that uh, we don't like the professional scenes that we see in esports are dominated by much younger guys mostly because we haven't reached a stage yet where there are systems in place to train players from a young age and so we will see those players who are at the top of their game last longer i think until life gets in the way or until they feel like they're burnt out on the concept that's that's a bigger like that's a bigger discussion i think the concept of of esports players burning out um but i think we will eventually like reach a point where like i don't think we'll reach a point where it's necessarily viable for older dudes to really uh play uh, like to to face off against the younger dudes and what I think will instead happen is older dudes will slot into training roles. Yeah, coaching and that sort of stuff. Coaching and stuff, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think if you were, like, if you were to do a PUBG eSport tournament and, you know, you made the logistics of it work, uh, but if you were to do it, I think what would be really interesting is if you had a shot caller who wasn't in the game. I think that would be a really fucking interesting because it would involve a layer, a level of uh, the game that would uh, like really change how you look at, at things. And I think if that role were to exist, like an on like an on the fucking on deck coach or something who is able to talk to his players 
moment to moment. Like, like yeah, Counter Strike. Like Counter Strike. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a really interesting one because that way you could absolutely use. Because I think the reason that Aussie players tend to be older is more about uh, like uh, ability to process um, because of the way that PUBG works as a game. It's a, it's about processing a lot of different priority sets very quickly, uh, which is why generally you need just one person to be shot calling. And I know that a lot of times uh, when we play PUBG, we get into trouble when we try to like committee decide what the fuck is going on, which is again, why a lot of times I'll just determine what we're doing. I'll just direct what we're doing. It might not always be the right decision, uh, but a decision is always better than no decision. And that's like, that's not to say that you guys make bad decisions, right? All I'm saying is that someone has to make a fucking decision. And I think that would add an extra, extra layer. And I think the older dudes would have a pretty good role in that shot calling aspect that I think would play pretty well uh, into PUBG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think, we're going to have um, like older pros necessarily. Although there was, did you see that? Those silver snipers? Yeah, yeah. They, you just, I, I looked up their stats and they're fucking awful. <laughs> they, uh, look, they like to play games, right? So that's the main thing. That's all it is. But I don't know why there's news stories being written about them. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I think. It's an interesting, interesting thing to think about. Um, but yeah, like you are able, you're definitely able to dedicate more time to games when you're younger. And uh, yeah, that's a luxury that not everyone <clears throat> over the age of, I guess, 22-ish necessarily has. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's what I got. Cool. Yeah. All right, should we move on? Sure. That's it. That's our questions. Sweet. Great questions. Thank you for sending me in. Yeah. We should... Let's uh, do our top five. Top five of the year. So oh, let's... Um, is there a way to look back? Uh, At our previous? Yeah. Yeah, last year. I'm trying to find Last it. year, my top five was number five, Dead by Daylight. Number four, Hitman. Number three, Dishonored 2. Number two, Battlefield 1. And number one... Dark Souls 3. Luke's top five was number five, Overwatch. Number four, Uncharted 4. Number three, Battlefield 1. Number two, Dead by Daylight. And number one, Dark Souls 3. Uh, and it doesn't have the points tally here. No, nah, because I think we just... Uh, not- Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1. <laughs> I think... Um- Battlefield 1 might have won. No, I think uh, I think we argued. Maybe. For, um, yeah, I think we argued it for, for it pretty well. No. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our top five from last year. Uh, it's pretty good games, pretty good picks. Overwatch is a cur- curious one there, Luke. Uh, but you know, played a lot of Overwatch. Sometimes you just want to be a scrub lord, I guess. Uh, we're going to go through our top five. We're going to do all five at once for each of us. So we're going to do five, my five, and then your five, and then your. What? How are we doing? <sighs> yeah, let's go one. Let's let's do it differently this year. We'll go through uh, one at a time. 
One at a time. All one right. at a time. I might start first. Sure. Because I've been... Uh, do you have your list together? Sort of. All right. I went yeah. through a list and uh, we started talking about games and and now I've changed my list. So, I've got a top six now. Okay. Um, and That's we'll see. That's not how this works, but go on. We'll see how we go and we'll... Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe get rid of one of these. Uh, number six for me was What Remains of Edith Finch. Yep. I, uh, I know you didn't like that, but I had... Uh, I thought it was very well done. It, like, a, it's a different take on the... Like, the walking simulator-style games. I thought that it, it introduced some interesting gameplay elements and one of the most, uh, like, memorable moments in gaming for me um, yep. this year. I think one of the um, the puzzle not really a puzzle but one of the bits in there was really well done um that's why it stood out for me the most yep um and then i'll do my fifth as well because why not and then we'll get to which one was bumped uh assassin's creed origins for me Uh yeah big surprise um i think we've talked about it before I, i think they're on track to you know not not do an assassin's creed game every year and give it a bit of time to sort of develop and it shows that if they put their, you know, their time and development behind a game like this, they can pull off something really good and special. Um, it's super deep. There's a lot to do. It's such a massive game. They've gone so well with taking feedback from the past couple of games of like not having failed states in missions. Like, oh, I've gotten too far from this person, and just it desyncing and um, stuff like that. Like the the quests even the side quests seem really interesting there's a lot of like progress uh not progress but like steps to them there's like you go do this part and then you think you're done but no it it kind of keeps evolving and there's more to it it just doesn't feel like this side go collect 10 of these things there's a bit more story sort of attached to it which is really cool um it's a really good step in the direction in terms of combat it's not perfect but it's they're trying something different and i think it's a lot better um the environment was really compelling and interesting going somewhere different uh, again is good and just overall i think it's in a really good spot um you know the the last game i liked from them was black flag and uh really surprising to sort of turn this series around and come back to a really good spot uh, that surprised me a lot because i did not expect it to be that good uh, and for me to put that much time into it either so that was my fifth what was your fifth? Damn. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> oh, man. This is tough. It's tough. It's proper tough. Because uh, I've been I've been hovering over... I'm going to do a fifth and sixth as well. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to decide on the fly which one has to get bumped. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Whoa! Uh, is sixth. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, it's sixth. Right. And uh, it's all tied for fifth, I guess. Um, Amazing game. I've already spoken at length about what I love about it. But, um, yeah, I created this this world that I I loved finding out more and more about. And uh, it had me fucking hooked all the way the entire time. Uh, And my fifth was um, The Forest. What? Yep. And, uh, yeah. The forest is, I, I guess we talked about this as well, but uh, yeah, just it's a, it's an experience in time that uh, that I keep chasing uh, and I, I keep wanting to 
get again. I want that experience again. And I've reinstalled a fucking a dedicated server. And I think as soon as I'm back from fucking uh, Brisbane, we're going to fucking fire up said dedicated server and we're going to fucking play it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, the game was like so mysterious, not knowing what it was about starting off. And it's like you're in this plane crash. Yep. You wake up and your kid's being taken by this fucking dude in red paint. And it's like, go. And from there, you start scavenging, building places. And literally, the game is about exploring. And yeah. from there, you start unveiling, like, these cave systems. And it there's, like, things you collect. And there's no, there's not necessarily, like, a mission quest log thing. Is there? As far as I recall. I'm not sure. Uh, was there something on your notebook maybe 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 on the notebook or something but like there's just all these it didn't feel like oh is oh i've got to go do this and this and this it just felt like you were wandering around this island or this area whatever it was and exploring and just finding out all this awesome stuff it felt like uh it felt like lost you were playing lost don't say it but with hilarious cannibal shit instead of garbage all right that's you've taken it too far (laughs) yeah yeah really really good game yeah um awesome so i'll talk about my fourth game now which is a game that which one are you gonna get real well i'm about to tell you oh okay so my fourth game was not originally on this list but we um we started talking about it before which is why i bumped the other two up ah so originally edith finch was fifth assassin's creed was fourth right uh, and then we looked at the list and we changed it up. So for my fourth is the forest, right? <laughs> it slots into there. Yep. Yeah. For me, it's uh, that uh, that was a very memorable Christmas break. A lot of a lot of good times had, and a surprise game for me as well. So it it fits in. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Awesome. Because. Very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess HCD drops off for me um my fourth was uh prey and it was really tough putting it in fourth it was actually every slot from two through to six <laughs> is essentially interchangeable for me uh but uh something's gotta something's gotta give you gotta draw the line somewhere prey uh yeah i've spoken about it at length but um there were there's so many, like, all the different ways things could play out and the way that you were encouraged to to do things in the game, like, in the role of Morgan Yu was a masterpiece of storytelling. And, uh, yeah, they did such a fantastic job with it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It staggers me to think that immersive sims don't sell the way that I think they should because, to me, Prey exemplifies like that sort of everything that video games are capable of right uh and it might might have fallen short in a a few small areas but otherwise it is just this it's this playground that gives you a reason to want to dive in as deep as you can Hmm. and yeah it's amazing yeah so that's my number four okay uh, my number three is Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, obviously, we've talked about that before. I, uh, 
yeah, just again surprised by Guerrilla Games sort of coming from a background of making first-person shooters to to a really awesome uh, action action game um, with an interesting world, a uh, really deep combat system, and just like kind of exploring it and you know looking around and getting to figure out what how things worked and um, I thought the performances were really good. Mm-hmm. The only criticism is that I think the um, the ending was a bit weak. Oh yeah, it wasn't um, not that great. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really keen to see what they do. Um, you know, they're, they're going to make a sequel, no doubt. But, oh yeah, uh, it's just sort of where they take that story is going to be awesome. I'm super pumped. Yep. All right, you're number three. Um. Near Automata. Uh, I really think you should play this a lot more. I think you should chunk in a bunch of time to it. I, it's it is a again like a staggering use of video games as a medium to tell a story that is impactful. Uh, if I had a major criticism, it's that it gets way too weeby, way too anime for my tastes on a like in a few areas uh but then it goes straight back to the sort of shit that i find like palatable in anime i don't have a lot a large tolerance for anime in general um not like well the tropes that are uh common in anime i guess a lot of them i don't really have time for you know the the, the it i find a lot of the anime that i get recommended leans very heavily on uh like sort of one-dimensional characters as a shorthand uh, to or one-dimensional character tropes as a shorthand to um to get to an area like to short like to short sorry to get to a space where people understand the characters a lot quicker when good writing could do that instead. Um, that's not obviously an accusation that I'm throwing out willy-nilly at all anime. Just, um, yeah, I get recommended a bunch and I find that that happens a lot. Um, this does it on a handful of occasions, but mostly is just, uh, like, just inundated with fantastic writing and uh, interesting characters and interesting an interesting storyline that grows as you play it and grows you as a player character as you experience it which i think is fantastic Hmm. yeah i think i got to i got past like the carnival there's like a tree yeah house thing yeah past that bit you should definitely yeah you're i'd have to start again because i would have forgotten all the buttons (laughs) ah no you pick it up pretty quick i i definitely recommend getting a a a guide and a spoiler free guide but yeah yeah it's it's awesome yeah cool number two uh i think our next two are the same uh number two is uh the legend of zelda breath of the wild yep for me me too right um yeah i i think um while it does have a lot of faults we talked about it the positives outweigh that um I'm a fan of the weapon degradation system. It for me it forces me to use other weapons and I don't feel like I'm I'm 
like running out of weapons for me like the problem you were talking about of not wanting to use the best weapons because you're afraid i have that feeling as well which is why i'm always using the shittest weapon and Mm. i think that's a problem with the game it is you shouldn't feel like you're you shouldn't feel like you don't need to use the best stuff that you've got uh and there needs to be a better way to address that and i think we talked about last week that either having like a repair system or something like that I, i don't know but um at the same time, I don't feel like I, I'm running out of weapons. It means that I'm using things differently. This time I'm using a spear or, or a boomerang or a, a, a giant sword. Um, it's always changing it up. On the other hand, bow and arrows, like I've, I've fucking for days, bow and arrows, I never have problems with them breaking. It just seems yeah. like every once in a while they break. So there's this weird balance in there as well. Um, the other faults are the... I don't think it does a good job of guiding you where you should be going. It kind of says, all right, here's the four beasts you need to go get, figure it out. You don't really know which way to go. And if you do go the wrong way, it's just frustrating. Um, uh, and it just, I don't know. The It just feels like you're going from shrine to shrine all the time and completing puzzles. And then like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot to do until you get to the next major city and it's like oh here's a bunch of missions like that's what you're doing um the rest of it is doing shrines looking for seeds and kind of exploring uh collecting ore and weapons and that sort of stuff that'd be cool if there was more um story to it or more better more, inter- better, you yeah. know, more interesting story to it um and, and just a bit more to do but it's the it's the weapons is like the weapons the systems the puzzles all the things that kind of make up for that part that is really good yeah man uh there's not a lot i can add i mean it just it it really does it captures your attention in in a way that many video games haven't in a long time um yeah i don't know everything you said is bang on how i feel and i've already said everything else i have to say about it i guess yeah um, yeah. All right. So number one, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands uh, I mean, Predator mission. Predator mission. And like, this was really a no-brainer because you hear that music. Can you play the music in the background while we're talking about it? I can. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You hear that music and like just the opening, and you're like, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" And then you hear the fucking the growl that it does, the clicking growl, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And you pucker up and you fucking you are ready to fucking rock. It's amazing. Obvious game of the year. It's um. I I saw Nate did an article just uh, while we we're recording. He posted it, I think. I oh, am yeah. um, talking about how um, you know it, it is a game of the year contender because of the mission. Yep. Um. It's, yeah, man. It's, it's a fair argument. It was a good time to release it. Yep. They really nailed it, like just in time for our game of the year stuff too. It's like they knew. It is. It's it's very much like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's the podcast. That's it. That's it. Shut up. It's player unknowns battlegrounds. It's obviously, player unknowns battlegrounds. Holy shit! What a game. I have six hundred and sixty-eight hours in it, which must be low. I just cracked seven hundred last night. Ridiculous. Ah. Uh, I have 25, 25 hours in the test server alone. Um, it's 
Do you know what it is? The the test server, I think, shattered the glass finish. You know, and it's in a good way though. The replay feature, where you can now go and see what everyone within a kilometre of you was up to before you died, hmm. uh, however you died, and uh, it's just lunacy how amazing how amazing a game it is because what it is PUBG is a game about stories and you are the fucking hero in your story and it's self-contained it starts it ends it's got all that middle stuff it's all that plot shit that everyone loves but it's a game about the stories that you tell that only encapsulate minute to minute shit and that minute to minute shit might be something as uh, brief as I made a replay video out of a dude. Uh, I jump off a fucking balcony and I land and I cut down this dude and I've got literally no idea that there's a dude, an, another guy, his teammate is standing behind me. And his teammate opens up and shoots me in my frying pan five times. He hits me twice, but shoots me in the frying pan five times while I piss bowled away. And I am so resolved to being a fucking dead man that I'm just like, I'm just going to fucking shoot the other guy. I'm going to finish the other guy off to fuck this dude a little bit harder. Mm. And then I turn around to, to face off with the guy who's been shooting me. And he goes flying across because one of the other dudes we were playing with, Todd, pings him in the fucking brain in my story i was i was the hero i heroically leap off the balcony i land i cut down this dude who's trying to come in behind todd and shoot him uh like it's a heroic effort to save my friends in todd's story he is defending nathan who's downed inside the room uh he's down but not out uh so Todd's inside that room defending against this dude who's underneath the balcony and he has just realized that someone is coming around to flank him and that he's in a lot of trouble. In the dude who's flanking story, he knows that Todd is inside and that Todd needs to die and that his friend can't can't get through the door uh, because Todd's position is too entrenched, so he has to wrap around him. And in the dude who was underneath the balcony story... He knows that Todd is through that doorway and could come out at any point in time, but he has just found out that some dickhead has jumped off a balcony to murder his friend, and so he he now has to deal with that. His heroic move is that he's going to shoot him, and oh my god, I cannot believe it, but he is shooting this dude's frying pan over and over. He's panicked, and he's doing his best to deal with it, but he's just fucking... Five of, five of his bullets. This dude should be dead, but they've all hit a fucking frying pan. All of our stories are different. Todd's the hero in his story. He's really the hero in my story, ultimately. But I'm the hero in my story. And these two dudes are the heroes of their own stories. We're the fucking villains. And that's, that's what PUBG is. It's a game about heroes and villains. And a hundred different people get to tell their own story. And that was fucking... Five seconds of that game. Five seconds. And it had a rich fucking tale to weave 
and that happens every game it might sometimes it happens multiple times a game you <laughs> murdered three dudes out of fucking nothing with no health like you had no right to kill those dudes in Severny and you did it and then fucking a minute later you flipped a fucking car and murdered two cunts with a grenade retarded like stupid as fuck shit just happens over and over and over again because the game's amazing it is amazing it's so perfectly crafted to create that uh, the, the tension the conflict those situations where you have to do something extraordinary to win and yet like and from your perspective that like you're fucked and yet it turns out that the people you're fighting against are just as fucked and they are convinced they need to do something extraordinary to win and so one of one of you one of you succeeds and whoever that is they they add that to their story and whoever it isn't notches it up as but what you know imagine what could have been I mean, you know what if i'd pulled it off that's that's PUBG. is this list of fucking moments this cascading list of moments that never stops building never stops being epic each one is fucking amazing and each one builds off your learning from before your experience with the game each one builds your experience with the game each one builds your experiences with your friends it's spectacular it's built a community out of nothing we recognize names in the kill feed now names of people we've never talked to never fucking interacted with but we've except that we've interacted with them at the end of a fucking gun you know <laughs> yeah staggering what a yeah. fucking game yeah i think um like for me we we we've played we started playing this game um the first day it came out on, on early access um we, we yeah. weren't part of the alpha or whatever it was before that but when it was available to buy we picked it up i don't know why somebody suggested it from our group can't remember yeah. who and we checked it out and i i can still i can literally remember the first game that that i was in that we played where we landed where we went to and that was 700 hours ago like i can still remember that that first game that's how impactful that that moment was for me like yeah. landing in landing at the ruins at the top of the map going down the hill getting in a fight around there um just that's like the start of that journey for me um and uh and like it just evolved from there seeing the game sort of grow from that where we started playing on servers in asia to getting our own Oceana servers and then uh, seeing all these features being implemented, new weapons, new, like when the fucking fog came into the game and how that changed up some of the maps and, yep. and you know, our first fog game and what happened there. Learning that you could jump out of windows, crouch jumping and how that completely changed the game. Um, you know, making Heath figure out where the car horn was and pressing the F button and him falling out and killing himself just all these moments that kind of have their own story and and the things that you do and uh yeah it's such a such an amazing game that has and i've talked about this before like 
when we look at it 10 years from now, it's it's going to be the most influential games. I think PUBG is going to be one of them. Um, yeah. It's going to be up there with games like Counter-Strike, Minecraft, Dota, uh, League of Legends, um, Call of Duty, like Half-Life. Th- that's It's going to sh- spawn off these different types of games and it's going to be the thing that everybody's going to be chasing. And I can imagine a year or two years from now, there's going to be a lot of Battle Royale games. There's going to be a, a shitload of them coming out because yeah. people will look at 26 million copies sold within eight months and go like, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um, and it's a good good concept. How can we evolve that? And yeah. it's only going to get better from there, I think. You know, the, like the game's not... The game comes out in, in the next 24 hours officially yep. and we're going to get a, introduced to a whole new load of mechanics with vaulting new maps new weapons again uh just the way like the meta is going to shift a fuckload and yeah yeah it's they've done he's done such a good job of it of you know p- taking this concept from uh, a daisy mod not a, or sorry an, arm, an armor mod and bringing it to where it is now yeah yep it's it's amazing it is amazing. There's, there's everything is about about it's amazing. It runs a test servers run at 120 frames for me. Yeah. So don't, I don't want to hear it about it fucking unoptimized or unfinished or whatever the fuck. It's horseshit. It's game of the year. Game of the year. That it is. What a game. It's what a good. podcast. Four fucking hours, Luke. What the fuck? No. Oh, yeah, it is four hours. Shit. Because yeah. we stopped and started again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, rightio. We, I literally started working on this shit at 11.30 this morning. It is now 5.30 at night. That's gold. That is gold. ridiculous. That's, That's what why we're the fucking best. <laughs> That's why we're the best. Let's yeah. wrap this shit up. We I should wrap this. I have more work to do before we- I leave. <laughs> the, the best part is that... Um, what is today? Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday. 1.0 comes out. You can't play it. I know. That is pretty depressing. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Fun, um, fun. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, the Gap. If you've been listening to this, you can find all the other shows. A lot of the games we talked about are, are on previous shows on iTunes, Android, Windows Store. If you would like to email us any questions over the holiday break, you can do that. The GA podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on social media. The GA. Sorry. Facebook.com slash GA podcast, Twitter.com slash GA podcast, or our Discord page if you want to um, play video games with us over the break or with other people. Uh, yep. Last night we had a bunch of people playing PUBG. We had two yep. squads going. Um, not helping each other though. That's, that's rude. Uh, the website you can go to is the GA podcast.com slash Discord. You can jump in there. It'll take you to the, uh, the voice channels, the chat channels, everything. It's yep. all good. Um, or the gapodcast.com if you want to check out our website. It has all the links to the things we just talked about. That is all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash gapodcast. We appreciate everybody doing that every month. Um, show wouldn't be here without you. It probably would be, but helps helps pay for things. So yep. it costs. You're awesome. <laughs> Legendary. Legends. And that's it. You got anything happening on the internet? In the next whenever month, uh, I do. I've got an inter- interview with um, with uh, Robodoba 
and uh, Arcana. I think that's how I say his name, Arcana. Um, they're two Heroes of the Storm players who have left the Australian scene to go play in Europe because that's where they can make it work, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, so that should go up tomorrow, I guess. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Otherwise, uh, not really, no. No. Yeah. Well, you can well. find me at twitter.com slash Luke Laurie. Yep. L-A-W-R-A. Job's at Joby Jojo. That's it. And that's about that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. It's a good Merry year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Have a good new year. All that kind of shit. It was a good year. It was a very good year. Uh, yeah. We'll try to talk less about PUBG next year. See what we can do. I think we should put... We're going to do a special <laughs> podcast. I've already... I've been oh, talking gosh. to uh, to Linksy and... Um, and nutshot and uh so we'll we'll do a a one-off PUBG special yeah and that should be enable us to stop talking about PUBG quite as much it's not gonna happen you know it's not no I know I know but yes all right thanks everyone for listening this year uh muchly appreciated stay safe everyone don't drink too much yep and uh we'll see you all we'll be back next year we don't know we take a couple weeks break we're back in January sometime January sometime yeah keep an eye on the feed yep alright I'll see you later bye